Well, in this wild show, we have very funny comedian Ami Kozak coming in. You're going to love him. And very interesting and passionate guy calling from Israel. He's a documentarian. He's a reporter. Pierre Rehove is going to join us and get us all caught up on that region as well. We'll do the news and we'll do all that right after this. This show is brought to you by Just Thrive Probiotic, a spore probiotic that banishes gas and bloat so your gut can produce more serotonin, your happy hormone, plus it supports better sleep. JustThriveHealth.com. Use the promo code ADAM. It will change your life. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California. This is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, comedian from the band Distant Cousins, Ami Kozak, and French-Israeli documentarian, Pierre Rehov. Plus, we'll do the news and some trending topics with Chris Loxamana. And now, with your annual reminder to keep your Thanksgiving falutin-free, Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you. Ami Kozak is in studio. Thanks so much for having me. Good to be here. Good to have you here. Mm. Looking forward to uh, some impressions mm. and uh, and beyond. <laughs> uh, Chris got the news coming up at some point. Um, so in the news, I, I know you just sat down with uh, Candace Owens. And uh, sort of representing the Jewish perspective. Um, no pressure. <laughs> it, seemed, uh, it seemed like a pretty civil interview. Yeah. You know, what's funny is the, the aftermath of the conversation, everybody wants you to take the win. And it's a very tempting thing to, you know, to see all the clipped up things. And in our culture, we want to highlight sort of the parts of the conversation where – you know, maybe she misunderstood something or, you know, Jewish comedian owns Candace Owens. Yeah, owns. Right. Right. But the real win for me was that it was constructive. It was civil. And to her credit, she invited me on to discuss something. And I do think that when we're faced with misperceptions or confusion, the best thing to do is correct them and not yell at them or scream at them. Because there are differences between people who are hateful and people who are confused. And that's how I approached it. It was a conversation. I didn't go into it thinking, OK, let's debate. Let's right. let's talk. You know? Yeah, I, I also I love I've listened to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, th- I just want to give you a lot of credit well, because you. of how much uh, it, it wasn't. I wouldn't even say it's restraint, but maybe just respect of letting, letting both people speak. You listen. You didn't interrupt each other. Yeah. And I could I could hear more conversations like that all the time. I I, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, for me, I, I don't know anything about you know. Um, that region and I, I, and I, I'm, I intentionally just sort of sit back and look at people in a, in a bigger picture. Unlike, I don't want to get that granular with, Mm -hmm. with everything. Cause what happens is, is they go, 
oh, well, they offered the Gaza Strip in 1987 to the Palestinians, but they rejected that. You know, you really get into the the kind of the weeds with stuff, and then you sort of once you get into the weeds, then you can go. It, then it becomes he said, she said sort mm-hmm. of thing, and it, it's that way with COVID. It's, it's that way with everything. Mm-hmm. My thing is just a kind of overall view, which is the Jews are peaceful people who want peace. That's it. Mm -hmm. And the rest of their neighbors don't have a track record and a history of that. And I don't need to know anything more than that to know where my allegiance are. And that's how it's... But it was the same thing like with COVID. It's like we can talk about hospitalizations. We can talk about we don't have enough ventilators. We can talk about therapeutics and everything. I'm like, no healthy kids died. We're a year and a half in. There are no healthy kids dead. So, no. Mm-hmm. This is not a, this is not a deadly virus Yet, that is ravaging. Adam. Yet. Yet. Right, right. God so, forbid. <laughs> because once you start getting, you know, they'll do the, well, new cases in Pacoima have kicked up 37%. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there, there were three last week, and now there's four and a half. There's your 37%. That's the big elephant in the room with a lot of these issues where you're like silently screaming with, with COVID, for example, as everyone's getting into the weeds and the technicals and life is shutting down and things are getting really destructive. No kids are di- – what are we talking about? Schools are – hello, t- show me the sick kids because if there were sick kids that were dying, there wouldn't be a debate, right? Oh. It would be easy for everyone to agree on something. The reason it was so dis- you know, contentious during that time is because this invisible boogeyman eventually, hypothetically, it was – all hypothetical. Everyone was talking about potential danger. And you're like, wait a minute. You know, all these people who made these cases why lockdowns might have been good or whatever or worth it in those times, it was like, wait a minute. If we wouldn't be debating about this if we were seeing the clear and present danger that you're all describing. I always said if <laughs> if COVID was a movie, it'd be the worst movie ever because you couldn't – whenever they have – you know, every 11 years one of these movies comes out. Yeah. And – they, you see kids dropping dead in the classroom and so on and so forth. Like, if it, it just preyed on the sick and the elderly, and, and it all became insane. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it the other uh, week when I was walking through a Coles. <laughs> um, I don't know why I was in a Coles, but I was in a Coles, <laughs> and I was thinking about this. Um, it was preying on sick people and and old people and fat people. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have used it as a great opportunity to discuss weight in, mm-hmm. in America and obesity and obesity as it pertains to kids. And then if you think about the life of, of, of an obese kid, I mean, you think about the trajectory. Like, first off, how much is that kid going to cost this system? Mm-hmm. He's 14 now. He's morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. It is going to be a life of illness, a life of in and out of, you know, we're going to have to tend to that kid as a society. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that one kid, just like the one kid who's 14 and has been arrested 26 times and is in and out of gangs and in and out of juvie, court assigned, you know, attorneys and everything else. Like, how much is that one kid, when that kid is 61 and in prison, what did that one kid cost the system? Mm-hmm. Millions at mm-hmm. this point. And we could say the same with morbid obesity, adolescent morbid obesity. So 
We had a little window. Cracker a Snickers bar. That's Same right. Same problem. Same, Same problem. problem. <laughs> and we could have done something. And we could have used it as an excuse, an opportunity to have a conversation. We did none of those conversations. We yelled at people. You know, we're, we're too busy yelling at Joe Rogan for trying ivermectin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We well, were, some people did have those conversations. Right. And got shouted uh, down. Yeah. I, I, yeah the I, Bill Maher brought right. it up yeah. and everyone screamed at him. Well, like, so the, then the question is, mm-hmm. system-wise, yeah. uh, Fauci, Rochelle Walensky, whomever, would you like to help? Mm-hmm. Would you like to save this kid? Is why are you shouting down people that are saying things? And by the way, there's a, one other aspect of being fat your whole life. It's not all joints. It's not all diabetes. Your life is essentially ruined. You're the fat guy. Mm-hmm. Dating is fucked up for you. Employment can be fucked up. Yeah, you shall be yeah. judged. Your confidence will be eroded. Like It is just mm-hmm. a bad life. Mm-hmm. Southwest flights are going to be hellish. But we didn't. Mm. And we shouted out everyone who brought it up, which makes me suspicious. I, I, it's like, wh- what's the, then what was the overall play? I think there was two big factors during that time. One was the fact that Trump was such a divisive figure that anything that you said that maybe hinted or alluded to something he may have said just got this suspicion in the air. If you didn't go against uh, to the party line of what things were supposed to do, people you, you would say things reasonable like, well – can we can we look at the population and see who's actually more vulnerable than the other and walk and chew gum at the same time? Wait, wait, wait. Are you a Trump supporter? Right. Like, that was the jump for people because it was almost like persona non grata. This guy can do no right. So yes. I remember in that time, if you hinted at anything that wasn't, Dr. Fauci is saying we have to lock down the schools and now he's denying we have to. I never said that. Right. If you If you veered from that in any sort of way, suspicion. This person is not with us. No one was thinking about the actual critical thinking and policy. And what that ended up doing was, I think, eroding the public trust completely in the institutions. And then you saw in the BLM riots that took place, all of a sudden, wait a minute, we were going to kill grandma last week and now everyone's out in the streets. Well, there were certain causes that COVID doesn't affect. Right. Civil rights is one of them. No one gets sick during a protest. But Yeah, so, that's, where, that's where Fauci, I screamed into a microphone for three days. But, but, it's over. Not only into a microphone, I screamed yeah. all the way to the Burbank airport. I was in the car. I said, Can't he's confirm. done. We're done with <laughs> he's Fauci. Done. He's compromised. Yes. He's, comp- he's politicized and compromise. The whole thing is you're screaming in, into an empty room of people falling on deaf ears because everyone's been so like zombified by being against Trump and traumatized by this figure that people couldn't accept is different than your typical president in style. And I'm not defending everything he said. What I'm saying is that the reaction to him and that hysteria, I think, broke people's brains. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and ironically, they lost their free will mm-hmm. because they had no more will they had no more free will they had to do the opposite of what trump said which means you've lost your free mm-hmm. will yeah. he said beef up the border you said tear down the wall the border whatever it is he said covid you just said the opposite right or wrong and you turn out to be wrong most of the time but you just said the opposite which means it comes lost- from, it comes from china no. we can't say it comes from china that's yeah. now racist because he said it came from a region it's just i like, know i know they <laughs> lost lost their brain they lost their brain <laughs> And they were convinced that, you know, the thing came from a wet market and and stuff like that. Like, they just lost their free will, and they don't realize that they lost it. The um, thing that I was laughing about Mm -hmm. as I was watching uh, Hillary 
on The View the other day, and mm. she was talking about, you know, if Trump is reelected, there's going to mm. be totalitarian, you know, takeover of the country. Such a nasty woman. Yeah. We're going to lose. <laughs> we're going to lose our rights to vote. We'll no longer live in a free society. Mm. And, you know, of course, all the nodding heads on The View just sitting there nodding the head. Oh, oh, maybe we have the clip. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's. Uh, that was an audible. I called it, but let's see if we uh, can take a look at it. What, in your view, would happen if he were to be reelected? Oh, I can't even. I can't even think that because I think it would be the end of our country as we know it. And I don't say that lightly. You know, <laughs> I hated losing, and I especially hated losing to him because I had seen so many warning signals during yes. the campaign. But I immediately said, "Look." We have to give him a chance. We've got to support, <laughs> you know, the president we have. And I meant you it. Never and said I tried that really hard. And then literally from his inauguration on, it was nothing but, you know, accusing people of things, making up facts, de- denying the size of the crowd at his own inauguration. And everything that I worried about, I saw unfolding. And so I, I think that he'd be even worse now yeah. because he was yeah. somewhat mm-hmm. restrained. <laughs> All right. The whole point. This is two plus two is five. This this is the world we live in. Two plus two is five. I don't remember graciousness after that. You know. Oh no! All uh, she did was scream about being robbed by the Russians. Yeah, and somehow (laughs) that's not election denial, but somehow it is now. I mean, but what I what I was thinking about when I was watching this is nobody says he. You know, he was the president three years ago. Mm -hmm. This didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You were saying it. Before he was the president for the first time. So it's basically like saying you're at a shareholders meeting and and I'm up there going, we can't make this guy the CEO of Nabisco. He will take this company and he'll, dry, he'll burn it to the ground. He'll burn it to the ground. Well, the shareholders would like raise their hand and go. He was the CEO of Nabisco for four years, and we thrived, you fucking retard. Gas was cheap. The Nilla wafers sold like hotcakes. I mean, does anyone want to touch that subject, that he was the CEO of Nabisco, and Nabisco did great during those, his reign of being CEO, and then we gave the reins of Nabisco to you, and it's a shit show now. I would love to have seen you on the panel saying exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that to, to the that view. Board meeting. You know, oh, my I God. I mean, what's, what's interesting is that all of the things that people said who were hysterical and very paranoid about a Trump administration when he was president, all the things they said are going to happen under Trump are happening now. And I'm not making this necessarily correlation causation claim just yet because things happen under different presidencies for all sorts of different reasons. But the acknowledgement that we were so worried about World War III, we were so worried about all of this uh, turmoil that would happen to our country during his administration – is happening actually right now in terms of a, uh, in terms of the world stage and things that we're witnessing, and it's just a strange thing that there's no acknowledgement of just the sequence of reality here. Uh, and because I, I don't really understand the reason for that, and to, to say that just causes sort of silence and pause. You know, it's just hard to dispute that, given where we're at today. Like, you know, I'm not making a case for one or the other, but I'm just acknowledging the sequence of events here. Yes. Mm-hmm. So back to you and uh, Candace yeah. Owens. Yeah. Um, I, I keep getting back to this thought, and it'll sort of we'll weave it into mm-hmm. the subject we're on, which is um, 
I was uh, interviewing uh, Tucker Carlson a few months ago on on this show, mm. and I was asking him about starting his own platform, and it's something that stuck with me, which is right now Candace Owens is going at it with Ben Shapiro, mm. right? And both, I, I would say, as conservative as you can get, but they're having a big difference mm. on, on Israel. Mm. And Ben Shapiro very conservative, and Dennis Prager, very conservative, both very conservative Jews, uh, diametrically opposed on vaccines. Yep. Ben was very pro-vax. Uh, obviously, Prager was, was not mm. and turned out to be mostly, mostly right. But either mm. way, you take the subjects. You take, like, Ukraine. Um, Tucker Carlson is very against aiding Ukraine, and everyone else on the right is very pro-Ukraine. And, and then it just keeps going down the line. They disagree on many, many things. Mm-hmm. CNN is in lockstep on everything. I'll play, <laughs> I'll play the clip. Yeah. It, but it's how you know they're lying. But we'll play the, the clip. Sorry. Are you looking to build up a, uh, a network or are you looking to just keep it uh, more boutique? Well, I mean, you know, you can see the the truth is I haven't quite decided. I think you you do have a tough time when you aggregate opinion voices under one umbrella, especially on the right. The left has no problem doing this. I mean, The New York Times has thousands of employees. All of them know what the catechism is. All of them repeat it word for word. Oh, we're for trans black voices now. Of course, we've always been for trans black voices. Like they'll say anything. They don't care. They have no dignity, no self-respect, no sort of abstract fealty to the truth. They just don't give a shit. They'll say whatever the team requires them to say. And so it's very easy to get neoliberal voices to sing in unison. It's impossible to do the same with people who aren't neoliberals, whether they're on the far left or wherever they are, whether Russell Brand or you or me or like, they're always like, no, I don't, I don't think that I disagree with you. You know? So like, it's it's an inherently difficult project to bring a lot of opinion voices together. Right. So then the question is, is not who's right and who's wrong. It's who's lying. Mm-hmm. If, if CNN was all on the same page, everything COVID all the time and everything exact same page, Hunter Biden laptop, George Floyd, everything. You guys come down on the same end of my life, CNN, MSNBC, L.A. Times, New York Times. Now we're getting to ABC, CBS, the USA Today, like like Reuters. You're all you all know exactly what's going on with COVID. Mm -hmm. You all know about what's going on. And there's consensus with ivermectin and a new on a novel situation. There's Absolute consensus. And then you accuse the other side who has diametrically opposed views on all things COVID and many things on an international stage and and beyond. You then accuse them of having talking points mm-hmm. and throwing red meat to their base mm-hmm. and not believing it. That mm-hmm. seems patently insane. And then the, th- the third part is you have now decided that you need to form a ministry of truth so <laughs> that none of this mis- and dif- disinformation gets out again. Right. Yeah. Like we're like supposed to fucking listen yeah. to you. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, that's that's all fair. And I think it's 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 funny to watch these groups that uh these entities that are all in lockstep and of one mind being critical of of their opponents who are of diverse opinions which Mm -hmm. is generally more authentic the issue that's been going on lately these fissures on the right 
I think um, are a little more heated and elevated given the events of October 7th specifically because while there's room to disagree on policy and there's academic discussions to be had – and again, even though you know, you could say Ben was pro-vaccine. He wasn't pro-vaccine mandate, right? He no, wasn't. He wasn't in lockstep. Not. He wasn't no, in he lockstep. fought yeah. the, a, a legal battle. So that was to, a personal thing for him, and he was saying, "This is what I'm going to do, and this is what I would that's, recommend." That's how you know he's consistent, <laughs> Correct, and right. he believes what the fuck he's saying. But this recent tension that's happened is because I do find that Tucker's position here, in the immediate aftermath of the worst slaughter uh, of. Jewish people since the Holocaust, like his take on it and Candace's too, was I think first not on a matter of principle but tact. Like within a day afterwards, he goes, I feel bad about what happened. But, you know, let's remember, you know, there's this sort of PTSD at which I understand of Iraq and impulsive decisions on a part of the United States to get involved in foreign entanglements. But the relationship between Israel and the United States is a very different one. And for him to – Say, I feel bad for what happened, but I think the Jewish community is having a disproportionate emotional response. It's it's like they have this illusion that the Jewish community is demanding that Candace and Tucker subjectively care as much about Israel and this issue as the Jewish community does. That's not what's happening. They're demanding the Jewish community care less because fentanyl is a problem. Right. So that was hurtful and offensive. It wasn't – it wasn't that we're disagreeing on policy. There's a discussion to be had of how America should be involved, in what capacity. But you can also take a moral stance of solidarity. Give it a minute. You know, you don't go to the funeral of someone who's faced the tragedy and say, we need to get to the bottom of this and figure out how that person died. And, you know, just so you know, I'm not going to actually contribute to the funeral fund. I just want to tell you that at the funeral. Yeah. That would be really hurtful and uh, in bad taste. So there's a, there's a minute of – if. For two countries that share the same values and fight common enemies and have strategic alliances going way back, um, there's an America first case to be made for supporting Israel. And it's just weird that their instinct was to say, hold on a minute, fentanyl. Mm. Yeah. No, I I agree. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't Candace you. do like a George Floyd? She got she went viral for doing like a George Floyd video right after he died, right? Like, oh, he's not a martyr in that. Yes. And so it's always like, oh, is she just trying to capitalize on the moment? Yeah. But there's, well, there's she's tactics, a yeah. provocateur. Mm-hmm. I mean, and an agitator, and mm-hmm. that's that's part of her brand. And you know, I I get it. What I'm saying is, is there is an intellectual honesty that is taking place with those people mm-hmm. that you are not seeing at the New York Times. Oh right? yeah. I mean, if you and, look at the the Republican uh, debates, like there's like. Ten people on that stage, and we're all wondering who's going to run mm-hmm. for for the in the Democratic side. Yeah, the, the fact that they take pleasure in the fact that oh my god, look, there's dissension among the ranks. I'm like, yeah, you guys don't know what this is about because you all are following a script, right? That's, <laughs> that's what you're that's saying. That's what I'm saying. And that, they think they like have the high ground by making fun of what's going on at the Daily Wire. I'm like, hey guys, I know you're not used to people disagreeing with each other, but guess what? Yes, you know. I would watch CNN if a little more of what was going on on the Daily Wire was going <laughs> on at CNN. Yeah, I, I will say in new media it's less so because things like you know the. In the new media that we have, Young Turks and uh, David Pakman and other people, it's 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 less of a, a scripted box that people fall into. And the same is true for the right and the left, which is encouraging that human beings and consumers are responding more to just authentic opinions and conversations. But yes. having said that, in the realm of free speech and the marketplace of ideas, if you're going to go on Tucker and talk about this stuff and say those things that the Jewish community is overreacting to their kin and, and community being slaughtered in the way that they were – you know, it's a strange position to take th- in this proximity to the event. I get that you can talk about the policy prescriptions and whatnot, but to say you're offended that we're offended, 
is weird because there are Agreed. domestic policies, and it's not like Ben has been hasn't been on the forefront of all those other issues. Well, you know. So then, what you get to do is you get to cherry pick. Mm-hmm. You get to go. I agree with Ben on this, and mm-hmm. I disagree with Tucker on that. But yeah. I do agree with Tucker on this other thing. Mm-hmm. You know, January six. I think mm-hmm. he's more on point with that than he is on Israel. And then you have a consensus. He's got a weird laugh. You know, the weird laugh is. <laughs> 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 I love that. <laughs> He's a giggle, yeah. I know you do it, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we have a, a clip of you as the mater D. Oh, is this true? Or the waiter, sorry. Oh, no, this is a different one. This is the Rosh Hashanah message. Oh, what happened to the uh We said you'd find one. a couple of them, and I, I said, let's just get a short one. Rosh Hashanah. This is oh. very Jewy. You're doubling down. All right, down. well, we'll play this one then. You know, you got to dip the apple in the honey, <laughs> but, you know, you got to submerge it, you know, and... Till you find the very substructure of the apple itself. A happy, sweet new year. But, you know, it's not just about being happy. It's about being meaningful, you know? <laughs> Life isn't margaritas on the beach. It's certainly not apples and honey on the beach either. So you need to find a way to lift yourself up and take on the dragon that's going to battle you through into the next coming chapter. Let me ask you this. Is the apple paid off? Well, it's Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Hold on, on. you got to or the honey. Right, hold on, you got to stop it because if you're going to go into a new one, I think yeah, we yeah, need. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's Dave. Ha! Well, you know, it's Set. like yes. All right, this is Dave Ramsey doing mm-hmm. Apple. We're going back and forth now. Mm-hmm. All right, so just to set the table, go ahead. Do you have any debt on the apple or the honey? Mmm. <laughs> yeah, I can get all over your fingers, and that is quite a mess, baby doll. Why are all the yarmulkes white? Prince Harry. It's disgusting. And I love my brother, and I love my family, but it's clearly a ticket, Megan. Yeah, there you go. There's all three. And I'm looking down here at Nate Diaz. Oh, yeah. Which is insane. Chris, why don't you tell me about Nate Diaz? This is the coolest thing. No one does an impression of Nate Diaz. I forgot. MMA fighter. This is a quick one. All right, all right. I just, I want to... Not fat, sugar-free vanilla, venti latte. <laughs> um, I put some more cream on that, you know, because I like it sweet. Um, <laughs> you're a barista, bro. You can't beat me in a fight. You get a hold of me, you're dead. <laughs> so, just put the whipped cream in. You, been, you mispronounced my name? <laughs> It's Nate. If you mispronounce it, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> the Jordan Peterson one's my favorite We're because the of the, uh, the spaces, like yes. the, the beats he takes. Mm. Well, now I want to hear him as the waiter because mm. that's the one that was played for me. I thought it was funny. Uh, I don't know though. The Rosh Hashanah one is pretty damn funny. <laughs> I could do but... it right here if we if we can't pull it up. You know. Oh, we yeah. can <laughs> we can we can pull it up. Yeah. We don't need you. Ha, well, you know, in person has an effect, you know, <laughs> Adam, you know, it's like you were the first man, you know, Adam Carolla, Adam and Eve. <laughs> that was the first apple. You know, you take a bite of that, you descend into the abyss, you know, take it seriously. So, All right, I think we have it. That's what I would see. You oh, know, we don't have it. It's like we're still looking. It's on oh, this website. Like, so it's like the third one. It's like, well, OK, pull it up, you know, because but patience is a virtue, you know, so I have no problem at all waiting. It's okay. So that's what I would say. All right. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, I like I. No one does a Jordan Peterson, and nobody does a Nate Diaz, mm. and I I always find that stuff a little more interesting. Right, right. You know, they're yeah. they're sort of staples of people. It's kind of like when you first heard Dunnigan do Mar. Right. Yeah, made me made me laugh, and yeah. it's. Oh, sorry, we'll uh, we'll do. Uh, oh, Jordan. We'll do By the way, he puts this all up on his TikTok. Is right. Huge TikTok following. If you look at the menu, you know you got a range of options to choose from. And they're specials, you know, but you got to be very careful when choosing a special. You know, it's not simple. It's not. If you're going to be selecting from a particular item tonight that's only available at particular times of the year, you know, you got to be careful that you're making a decision that's going to be optimal for the remainder of the evening in the pursuit of a happy, fulfilling life. So <laughs> ask a disagreeable person, man. They know what they want right away. It's not even a question. But agreeable people, you know, they're so used to living life for others, they can't even order what they want. They don't even know. It's like, if you still need time to think about your order, well, I can tell you, dwelling with indecision can lead to bloody chaos. So you better get on it, man. So, mm. There you go. So I love it. Yes. Um, That's what I would see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I, I have a question f- yeah. for Jordan Peterson. Okay, a, th- a theory, mm-hmm. and I think you could you're sort of uniquely qualified to dissect this. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we'll see about that. You know, um, Michael Mann, the director who's directing the Ferrari movie, mm. and has you know directed all those great movies, Heat and everything else. Mm. Um, he's going to be on this show maybe in a month or so. And looking forward to interviewing him. And um, Adam Driver is going to play Ferrari. Mm. He's going to play the old man. Hmm. And I thought the person I was talking to was like, Adam Driver's in every goddamn movie now. <laughs> he just does, yes. he does everything, mm. every movie. Mm. And I thought he's kind of an unlikely leading man, mm. especially one to be in everything. Mm. Yeah. And, and it looks nothing like Ferrari, by the way. There's just no part of him Look that looks that. Like, like Ferrari. Mm-hmm. But I started thinking, why? And then I thought, I've had this theory, Jordan, for many years. Yes. It's okay. my mini driver theory. Mm. Not exceptionally good looking. <laughs> uh-huh. Not the greatest actress. Mm. But she was in every movie all through the 90s. And I, I think it's her name. I think people like saying we're working with Mini Driver. Mm. And, you know, you didn't want to Bertha Moskowitz. It wouldn't work. It, it yes. was the name. Yes. Well, and especially now, with the rise in anti-Semitism, you know, they don't want a Moskowitz. You know? Right. Yeah. I was just an example, Jordan. I, mm. It didn't have to be Jewish. But oh, they're, they're, OK, well, <laughs> didn't have to. But there's intention, you know. <laughs> Well, you're saying that was my intention? No, I'm saying that, you know, it's certainly front of conscious mind to be sensitive to the fact that Jewish people in the Jewish community are experiencing a form of racism that's the dark shadow of history upon us, you know? Mm. That's what I would say. I just want to get back to the driver theory, if I could. Okay. So now, Mm. Adam Driver is in every movie. Mm -hmm. Could it be the last name, Driver? You know, first off, it sounds very forward moving. Mm-hmm. It's like you want this guy driving this movie success. Ferrari's about a car. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a driver. Ferrari used to be a driver mm-hmm. before with Alfa Romeo mm-hmm. before he broke off and started Ferrari. You know, I mean, I, I don't. You're a psychologist, sociologist, yes, psychologist. Yes, 
I think when we, mm. I think people like the name Driver. Mm. I, I think if you took Mini Driver's credits and Adam Driver's credits at the end, everyone would realize it was 50% their ability to act and then 50% we like that name. Well, you should be getting more movie roles too. You have Corolla, Toyota Corolla in your name. You know, it's like, you know, I know it's not, not the sexiest car. No, but, you know, it's not. No, no. Mm. But, you know, that what's rooted in somebody's name is, the pinnacle of their very bloody existence, you know? And yeah. Especially when it comes to driving down the road and orienting yourself properly down the line between order and chaos, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, if you look at the New Testament, mm-hmm. if you look at the origins of Jesus himself, originally the name was Jesus Driver. It was? People don't know that. I don't know it that. It was Jesus of Bethlehem. I but fucking knew it. Exactly. Knew you know, it. He took a Ferrari down from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, you know? No. To the temple. Yes, wow. it was a Ferrari. If you look at the scripture, it's hidden beneath the lines of order and chaos on the scripture itself, you know. And if you look deeply enough, you'll find that Jesus drove a Ferrari. So, so you're on board with my driver theory? Absolutely. You know, the names themselves are a way to orient yourself with the vibrations of the bloody universe, you know. <laughs> so my theory is... So, mini, yeah. mini driver kind of yeah. aged out. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, we need a new driver. Right. And if you look at the chart, mini driver sort of faded right as Adam driver was born. That is a theory, you know. Wow. And mm-hmm. so now we're going to have four decades of uninterrupted driver mm-hmm. who are literally in the driver's seat of Hollywood and in every role. And not even, uh, uh, like I said, I'm sure Minnie Driver's a fine person. Mm-hmm. We don't need her as an actress. And and I'm sure Adam Driver's a fine actor, too, but he doesn't need to be in every role. Ha, well, you know, we, we'll see if your theory pounds out. You know, we'll see. It's I don't know if it's something, but it's certainly not nothing. You You're know? saying it's not nothing. And if Adam Driver hooks up with Matt Damon in the next two years, we'll know that there's something there. Oh, yeah, because Minnie was in Goodwill Hunting. Yes, yes, you know, so... Goodwill Hunting Ferrari. We'll see what that sequel brings, you know? That's what I would see. I'm telling you, everyone, yeah, keep driver. an eye on my driver theory. Mm. That's, it's, it's a big one. Baby mm. Driver was a big movie. Was it even that good? I don't, mm. I don't remember. Baby Driver, yes. Well, you know, it orients to the beginning of time when you're a baby. You know, you have to clean your bloody crib, you know? <laughs> Orienting yourself in a car, driving forward into the dragon's abyss. Mm-hmm. So that's what, so I would, that's what I would see, you know? So, was Baby Driver mm. with Cranston... No, no and Albert drive. Brooks, or that, that was, was the drive. other one. Yeah. No, oh, it was, was with uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, we got into some trouble there, you know. So, <laughs> it was a great big movie. See? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we yeah. like drivers. So, yeah, yeah. Mm. that mm. I, I could not look. I love Cranston. I, I count him as a friend, mm-hmm. but I, when he was selling the used NASCAR and was pointing out the highlights of why this could be our next car. And pointed out that there were still lots of tread left on the tire. Mm. I was like, I don't know who the fuck wrote this movie. Mm. <laughs> Have you ever seen a NASCAR race? Mm. They show up with three semi-trucks with just tires. And they just go through 700 sets of tires in qualifying. Mm. You're selling a race car saying there's tread <laughs> on a tire? And by the way, they run slicks. Yeah. There is no tread on a NASCAR tire. Well, what do the fuck wrote that? Well, 12 rules for life, 12 rules for NASCAR, you know, and they clearly didn't follow any of oh, them. 
God. <laughs> I was like, why didn't anyone see in the script you mm. can't say that? No, and they clearly weren't eating a lot of lobster. You know, the anthropomorphological literature is clear. There's a link between NASCAR drivers and lobsters. There right? are? Yes. There is? They drive up straight with their shoulders back. You know, mm-hmm. it's important. It's bloody important. You know? it's <laughs> I like, didn't know there's a lobster connection. Like, well, well, now you're cracking me up. You know, it's like, well. Oh, you're getting oh, oh you're getting emotional, getting emotional yeah. now. Yes, because driving in a circle dispels the notion of going in a straight line, you know, and we exist on the line between order and chaos. Oh, you want a minute? Mm. You okay? Uh, yeah. Yes. You, yes. Think yes. about family members. It's or? the noise of the cars. It reminds me of the chaos of the world that we find ourselves in. You know, I've been the canary in the coal mine. You it's know? it's a metaphor. Mm. We're just going in a circle. Yes, a circle and of our destruction. And we're paying to sit up in the bleachers and watch grown men go in mm. a circle. Things get bad, Adam. One small step at a time. You know. Right. So right. Yeah. Got to be careful. That's no. what I would say. Yeah, agreed. Mm. All right, we'll take All right. we'll take a break. <laughs> that was awesome. We'll take a break. Mm. We'll be back with more Ami right after this. Mm. Just thrive. I have so much stress. You just want to hit the pause button in life. Just breathe. Just calm from Just Thrive. Well, it can help. Just Calm's all-natural blend of mood-lifting, psychobiotics, and brain-nourishing B vitamins helps you take back control and feel like your most cool collected self. Multiple studies prove it works quickly to soothe everyday stress and sharpen focus in as little as four weeks, or you can do what I do. Just Thrive Probiotic, a spore-based probiotic that banishes gas and bloat so your gut can produce more serotonin, which is your happy hormone. Plus, it supports better sleep. I know this couple Tina's done the show. I went out to dinner with her and her husband. And uh, this is their passion. They started this company because they believe in it. They didn't have to do it. They were successful in other other venues of life. But yet, they're so into getting your gut straight, which gets your head straight. It's just thrive. Right, Dawson? With Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic, you'll have the ultimate stress-fighting duo to help you feel cool, collected, and in control. Get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic today. Visit JustThriveHealth.com and use promo code ADAM. Sounds good. Where do we find your music, Ami? Uh, Distant Cousins, uh, uh, Distant Cousins Official on Instagram and Distant Cousins Official online. Yeah, indie, folk, pop, rock. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. And uh, the podcast, Ami's House, as well. Yes. Uh, Ami's House just launched uh, at Ami's House Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Ami's House. Yeah. Um, NASCAR reminded me of something. And uh, I don't know, maybe Trump would want to weigh in on this. Mm. But um, I always had this bit. I've never done it on stage, but I've thought about it for a long time. Beautiful bit. I'd like to hear it. Okay. All right. 
Um, I, but I forgot about it. I haven't talked about it in years, but I used to talk about it on the radio. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, I was talking to a young person mm-hmm. about uh, Cat Stevens. Mm, we love young people. We love cats sometimes, you know. House cats, beautiful cat, house cats. Yeah, but the performer. Cats. The, uh, oh, 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 grab him by the Cat Stevens, I thought you were talking <laughs> about. <laughs> no, we're talking about the performer. Mm. And uh, he, I was explaining to this person that, that Cat Stevens was about the biggest act of the 70s. I mean, this guy mm. had hits after hit. And, it's a wild world, yes. Wild yeah, world. yes, and was, and, and was not, and, and then became Muzzle. Mm. And he went from Cat Stevens to Ramsey. Yusuf Islam. Yusuf Islam. Right in the name, right there. Put it right in Yusuf the name. Yusuf Islam, right, in the name. right? And so the bit was, and the reason NASCAR reminded me of this, is I was saying Cat Stevens was the best name ever, mm. and then he went with this Islam name and fucked the whole thing up. Mm. And Cassius Clay was a kick-ass yeah. name. I mean, you don't do better than Cassius Clay out, mm. of the, out of the womb. Cassius Clay, of course, Muhammad Ali, mm. and even... Lou Al Cinder is strong, too, and became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. These are all great names that never needed to be fucked with, but they all went down the Muslim road. Great and, names. And then great I was names. thinking, there, were, there are guys that could have used a Muslim name, mm. like, like NASCAR great Dick Trickle. Mm, that oof. guy should. Oh, that's such a nasty name. Nasty he, name. He should nasty have guy. dropped Dick. His name is Dick Trickle. Mm. You should embrace Islam. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I don't know how it would have gone over this on the good. circuit. That's very good. That's you know what I'm good. saying? Yes. I don't know how the Islamic name would have worked in the 70s and 80s in the South at Talladega, at Daytona. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, if I, you embracing know, that world would have helped this career. I'll tell you what. I was going to change my name to Trump X. X. Trump, Trump X. X. Just an X in the name after I made my comments about... Uh, you know, banning the the Muslim countries and figuring out what's going on. We needed to figure it out, but I got some. You know, they got some flack for that. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah but I heard that. some flack. Got some that. flack, but you know, Trump X, just an X, like Malcolm X. We were going to go Donnie X. That's what I was going to do <laughs> in solidarity with uh, with all the people. But you know, they think they had great names, great names, and you know, a name's so important. And I you saw know this, the right? saw the news. Never would have happened if I was president. They wouldn't have oh, changed well, their look, names. They wouldn't li- have changed their names if I was president. First off, my last name was Driver. I'd be having 10 times the career. I'm I have so now. many cars. Nobody has more cars than me. You know that, Adam. You know I that, didn't right? know that. Yeah. So many cars, so uh-huh. many drivers, so many people taking me around. <laughs> I saw you're down at the border. We went to pictures. the border. Yeah. Taking yes. pictures, handing out selfies. We did food. selfies at the border. Beautiful selfies. Had a little mm-hmm. selfie stick, you know, held it up in the air. Selfie <sighs> stick for Trump X. Yeah. And all these beautiful, you know, we, we want we want immigrants. We do. But we want them to come in legally. That's what we want to do. You know that, right? Yeah. We want them. We want the process. Legally. Legally. We want a big, beautiful door with a big, beautiful X. To right. know that it's a beautiful country. Yeah. Well, now they're all in the sanctuary states and Terrible. they're being overrun. And Never would have happened. No, no. You would have would have built that wall. Big, beautiful wall. A beautiful wall. Yes, Mexico yes. would have paid for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And we wouldn't have had the problems we're having now. Never would have. Sleepy Joe at the wheel. He's falling asleep, folks. He's wearing. He's wearing depends. He's shitting his he's pants. He's no driver. It's he's no driver. So he's got a driver. He's got a. He's got a night nurse too. You know. He's, mm. he's got a night nurse too. It's terrible. It's terrible. I I, 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 I I warned about this, folks. That's why in 2024 we're coming back so strongly. Mm. So strongly we're coming back, and uh, you yeah. know we're gonna we're gonna put. 
We're going to put Joe Biden in the home, and Kamala mm-hmm. Harris is going to be his nurse. I think mm-hmm. she could do it. She's half Jamaican. She could do it. Oh, yeah. She could do it. Come on, Joe. Let's go to the bathroom, Joe. Let's go to the bathroom, Joe. We're going to take your vitamins, Joe. Let's go. Come on. What you talking about, Joe? And every time she helps him successfully take a shit, she says, we did it, Joe. We did it, Joe. <laughs> well, it's going to be a beautiful thing. I think we can be we can be good about this. We can take care of Joe. I take care saw of Kamala in that interview she did with Lester Holt where mm. she said she went to the border, but she didn't go to the border. And then she got confused about uh, the questions that were being asked. I think all of her stuff is written by a high school kid. All of her speeches. <laughs> remember in high school when you didn't know the answer to a question? Mm. So you, you just BS by reframing right. all the words of the question yes. in the answer. So they'll yes. ask her something like, you know, Kamala, these days culture is often internalized. What, what is your opinion on that? Well, the thing about culture is it's often internal. Right. <laughs> and culture is a word. But it's also two words, cult, which is a group, and chore. Yes. Culture. <laughs> yes. She answered. Well, f- okay, a couple things. <laughs> Every question she answers reminds me of a prize fighter who's way up on points, and his corner says to him, it's the last round. Just dance for three minutes, and you're going to get your hand raised. Right. Like, if you can just run this clock out, mm-hmm. just go old school, college basketball, four corner, just run it out. Mm-hmm. And so what she does is she talks long enough to just sort of run out the clock. 100%. And then also the the people who are interviewing her are put in a horrible position, mm-hmm. which is they can either move on, you know, you can all interview you. Mm. And then I'll I'll do I'll I'll give the one of two answers that the poor person that interviews Kamala. Okay. Uh, Should I do Kamala? I'll yeah, do, you do yeah, yeah. you do Kamala. Okay. <laughs> I'll be the interviewer. Yeah. Um I'm really excited about these electric school buses. I know you're a big fan of, mm. of school buses and I think this is going to be very impactful in terms of our environment and and the economy. Mm. Well, when I was a little girl, I was bused to school mm. and Joe Biden was against that. Mm. We have since reconciled and come together on not just one issue, but multiple issues. Because issues are like tissues. And when you're emotional and you need one, when you need one, (laughs) you take one. And that's what we're doing with this administration. Right. Take the issues on. Head on. <laughs> Not just on. Yeah. Head on. on. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we plan to do. Right. So then the person that's interviewing her is left a choice between <laughs> saying, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And or you didn't answer my fucking question. But what this they usually the- do is they go, Joe Biden's celebrating a birthday in two months. <laughs> Can we talk about that? They just go. They go on. Well, a birthday is the day. You're born. It's not just the minute or the hour, mm. but the day. Mm. And that's what we're doing with this administration. <laughs> and the border, uh, Kamala, mm. you, you were made the border czar several years ago. Yes. Um, you've not been to the border. Uh, but I've been to Borders Bookstore. That's different. And that's where, a- where we acquire knowledge, uh-huh. where we acquire information as mm. an administration – Mm-hmm. is by sending a delegation to Borders Bookstore. And that I was clear about going to Borders Bookstore. <laughs> right. But we're having a real crisis at the border right now. Well, You're- Borders Bookstore closed, too. 
and they're trying to close the border. And this is what happened to Borders Bookstore. And I made sure of it. Day one, we need to reopen Borders Bookstore. All right. And let me just intervene here for a second Mm. before you go into a a Taco Bell commercial Mm. where they make a run for the border. These aren't the borders I'm discussing. There's Mm -hmm. a real crisis at the border Mm -hmm. right now. I know you said you want to get to the root causes of it. So you went to Honduras. Well, and Barnes & Noble. Well, we're not talking about the book. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that's the root cause of borders. Oh, crisis. Closing. Yes. Oh, you're saying Amazon and Barnes & Noble cause borders. Technology. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. And this is a crisis. That is a crisis. We agree. And on day one and day four, we're dealing with this. Joe Biden's celebrating a birthday coming up, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all they got. They, They can't. Or they can just throw a chair at her and go, hey, bitch, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But the legacy politicians, they all do this. She's just particularly bad at it. I mean, (laughs) Obama, respectfully, the word salad he comes up with, it sounds smooth. He doesn't say anything. But he says nothing. He says nothing. Even on the Israel stuff, he's like, it's true that there's pain on both sides. And it's also true that there's pain on one side. Right. And and, and and everyone has their hands. Everyone has blood because on their hands. Because it's smooth, but substance-wise, there's no. nothing there. You're, you're exactly right that if you took what she says and what he says, mm-hmm. you would end up in the same place, Correct. which is nowhere. <laughs> and if you took Michelle Obama and listened to what she says, you would end up in the same place, which is nowhere. But he's so skilled at it. A rhetorician. And she has no skill. That's what you're seeing. It. You are seeing just a bad version of word salad. Some people can put things together that sound meaningful and 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 full of substance when if you dissect anything behind it, he's just said a bunch of nothing. It's a full circular phrase. But he said it well. Do you yeah. know, but there is a new sheriff in the word salad department okay. in town. And that man's name is Gavin Newsom. Oh, yeah. Dude, we didn't play the clip of him talking about the 10 freeway, did we? He, oh, there's no. a, there's Ooh, an yeah. interview with Alex Michelson, who's Alex Michelson, but he spells it E-L something. Yeah. But he still says Alex. Anyway, I Gavin Newsom can go punch for punch with... With the best of them. I mean, he may he may outdo Obama or any of them in the word salad department. Well, let's see. Let's take a look at what he said. He can he can, he can talk in a circle until everyone just gets tired and, and right. goes home and right. say nothing with some key phrases right. in there. All right. right. So he's being asked how. <laughs> All right. The 10 freeway. Look. A homeless encampment caught on fire underneath the fucking 10 freeway and ruined the 10 freeway in terms of structural integrity. Uh, then that's a main corridor in Los Angeles. And just like the time the 10 freeway fell apart uh, after the 94 earthquake, we magically got our shit together, which then it's, it's sort of whether it's the 10 freeway or cleaning up San Francisco because China's blowing into town. Or that's that's the macro level. There's a micro level of it, too, which sure. is like you're fuck. You've been telling your son to clean his room for three months. It's a fucking mess. There's food everywhere. And then at some point you walk in and the room's clean and you go, what? What's going on here? And you go, oh, uh, Becky's coming over tonight or whatever. And it's like, oh, 
you can do this. Mm-hmm. Then you could have cleaned your room because now you think you're getting a fucking hand job. So you got your shit together. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden. So we can get our shit together in California. We just don't. Mm-hmm. But when we need the 10 and you're going to get blamed for it, magically it opens back in record time. Yeah. And, and by the way, when we incentivize companies to do it. Sure. All right. So this is him. Basically, the reporter saying, well, people are going to see you got your shit together at the 10 freeway, and I would add San Francisco. Why not apply this universally to the shithole called California mm-hmm. and we get our shit together? All right, here it is. Listen to the word salad. Well, stand by. I'm having a little technical difficulty. We're doing everything we can in California to get the clip up. That's what we're doing. And, you know, there's like this. This thing, there's code words you can look out for. It's this raspy. He never points like this. He's trained to do it like this. He also does something that's clinically insane. (laughs) At some point, he'll throw himself under the bus. Like he'll Uh stand and all the torn up cardboard, all the torn up cardboard (laughs) for the Amazon when the trains were being jacked. And he's Uh. like, what's going on here? (laughs) Who's running this place? And like, yeah, but uh, with COVID, you did get something. Something's wrong. We got everything wrong. (laughs) You did? And now you're running for president? Like there is like a jujitsu that's played in yes. the in the gym, verbal gymnastics of of avoiding accountability for something. Right. Where we need to do more. That's a phrase that's used all well, we obviously haven't done enough. In right. other words, you have it's a very clever phrase that you have to watch out for. Oh, we obviously haven't done enough. I'm acknowledging the shortcomings. Right. And that means I need to be the one. This is the premise of a lot of really bad democratic policies, like where the results of bad policy don't immediately follow what you've done so that when it comes to roost, you can say you, – you can avoid that you were the one that caused it because enough time has passed and then be the same savior that comes in to save the destruction that you caused. And it's an endless right. cycle that's going mm-hmm. on here. I'm the guy to do this. I'm going to – obviously things haven't been done enough and then you can shift blame to other people. But because it's not a it's not a, an exact uh, you know uh, event and then you see the causality there's enough space between how disastrous the policies are you can come in as the savior and the villain at the same time and no one knows that it's the same person i'm also laughing in the self-destruction department like when he was being interviewed saying he got everything wrong with yeah. covid and he what then he got interviewed a week ago and he was like a lot of people think that we're just cleaning up san francisco because china and a bunch of dignitaries are coming to town mm-hmm. that's true because it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what? Did what he say f- that? Did he say that? Oh, there's yeah. a great. He said, That's true because it's true. Was- there's a great clip. Yeah. I, I, look, and we 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 must revisit yeah. people li- leaving California to the Kara Swisher thing too. It's- Dawson's got more to look for that. Yeah. It, he he says the insane stuff out loud, right? But he says it with sort of precision, right? All right, right. Here's, uh, here's the ultimate in word salad. Here you go. Gavin Newsom, new sheriff in town. Hi, Governor. Alex Michelson from Fox 11 Los Angeles. Um, obviously, there was a lot of urgency to get this done. Yes. And this is an example of government working in terms of getting it open. What is the lesson learned on this urgency that may be applied to other things, like homelessness or other things, where we see the entire government come together and say, we're going to do this now? No, I mean, it's, it's 
intentionality at the end of the day. It's focus. <laughs> there it is. It's commitment and resolve. <laughs> um, and it's about dropping everything else and, and just prioritizing uh, a middle, beginning, and an end. Uh, we had a date with destiny in terms of our internal timelines and those uh, that uh, we transparently made public. Uh, and we wanted to exceed them. We wanted to beat our own best estimates. And so there was an internal competition of sorts uh, between uh, ourselves and agencies. Uh, there's pride uh, in work, pride in product. Uh, that pride was reflected uh, in security paving and their team and the contract, uh, to your question, the contract uh, that provided time and materials and a 21% contingency bonus. We have partnerships with federal reimbursements. There are a lot of conditions uh, that are unique and distinctive in an emergency like this. Uh, but absolutely, those things can be applied more broadly. And uh, this can-do attitude, moving heaven and earth, as we reflected and stated uh, over a week ago, uh, should be brought to bear on, on a lot of other things. So to me, this is directional. Uh, it's a flywheel effect. I think it uh, only bodes well uh, for subsequent work across the spectrum of issues here uh, in this state. Woo! But do you understand that frustration? <laughs> why some people say <laughs> it doesn't well, answer. We can do this for this. Why can't we do this for other things? Absolutely. 3,275 encampments have been cleaned up. Caltrans, since we announced Clean California, 1.1 billion dollars was set aside. New partnerships. I mean, these are exponentials compared to what we've seen in the past. It's uh, it's a large state, size of 21 state populations combined. A lot of great things are happening all across the state. You heard the vice president make that point all across America. I always say this, you know, there's been a mirror of your consistent thoughts. Whatever you focus on, you'll find more of. I hope folks focus on the success of this and they'll find more successes. The mayor's successes locally, the supervisor's successes in her districts, some of members and senators, <laughs> congressmen and women uh, that are doing good work everywhere and also should be recognized, not just the things we fall short of expectation, but the things where we exceed expectation. Wow. What All just right. happened? What just happened <laughs> is Lou Duva said, you're way ahead on points. Just dance for three minutes and you'll get your hand raised and we'll go home. There's even a cadence. The musician in me hears the yeah, melody. Yes. I mean, when we're doing a lot of these things here, I'm taking a sip of water. I'm putting the water down. We're watching the water. The water's half full or it's half empty. Depending on how you want to look at it, it's all about perspective analogy. Perspective, perspective uh, proportionality. We have mm. a lot of water here. We're sipping the water. We're putting the water back. I'm talking to the microphone. The microphone will give me the audio and the feedback, positive and negative, that we need to discuss. And negative. We yeah. need to be open to a myriad of ideas. There's a multitude of ideas. There's a mixing board here. There's pens here. Pens convey knowledge. We write those knowledge down. We purvey it to the outside world. That is how society Society thrives. I, like I said, Got my I, I've been <laughs> screaming that we've entered the word salad era yeah. of this society, so and LA. it's fucking insane. Salad is and delicious. they don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. That you're so right about Obama. I always scream about Michelle Obama, Oprah. Same thing. They say nothing. It's the <laughs> same. Now again, he's got a black belt in saying nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, he. He's better at saying nothing than Kamala Harris, who says nothing, but we all know she's saying nothing because she's unskilled. She's a, they're all magicians. They're yeah. not warlocks. Right. The, the, now, the skilled magicians can make you think that they're making the woman levitate. She's a shit. Kamala Harris, we can see the fishing wire. Right. <laughs> that, that's who she is. She's a right. shitty magician. Correct. Or she's an opener. She's an open micer, you right. know, on this right. stuff. But right. I think that. I don't know. The average thinking person knows it. What I think his trouble is they can't summon what was what was imprecise there because it's so sh shrouded, I, I shrouded wish, in fancy language. I wish the average person knew it. You, you, I saw like a timeline as he talked to like uh, from his like advisors. 
expotentionalities. Bling, bling. Right. You know, yeah. intentionality. Intentionality. Bling. Like hitting all the things. Even when he's looking to the side, he's just navigating where the words are. There's no substantive answer to the question. You got to hear. And that's media training. But I don't know. Like I think for satire and parody, that's the job of the people out there to just to to put a mirror on it. You know. All right, Dawson, find the clip of him <laughs> uh, talking about uh, San Francisco. Uh, it's true because it's true. Oh, but which oh. is awesome. Wh- and then the Kara Swisher thing, which I revisit you, all the time, is awesome. In these like one-off hits, it's it's easy to get away with it. You had a conversation with him where he couldn't get away with it. Yes, and that in long form, they're screwed. You know, oh, yeah, they're screwed if somebody long form. <laughs> well, look, they have a tacit agreement. <laughs> Alex Michelson, would you like to interview me ever the fuck again? Mm-hmm. Answer is yes. All right. Well, then keep the softballs coming. Correct. And don't ask any follow-up. But I heard that clip about the homeless lines at the at the loaning centers. Yeah, that, that was, was the that was that was the check cashing check places. Cashing, yes, right. that was me not letting I him know. off the hook. Except for that was ten years ago, and he'll never be back. <laughs> All right. So here we go. I know folks say, "Oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town." Um, that's true. Because it's true. All right. But it's also- that, that with a point. He says the shit out loud. But the is, point. Is what I'm, the point was so he sexy. pointed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you hear him affect a southern accent when he said "fancy leaders"? <laughs> yeah. He's oh perfect. Because it's true. Yeah. And then I don't know. His, I, you know, it's like I need a tall black guy to stand behind me and not. That's <laughs> that's that's a job. Oh my god. He's just a head nodder. All right. Well, yeah. we'll find the Kara Swisher thing. This is somewhere. I don't know. We have it in our our computer. Yeah, where are you going to go? Because mm-hmm. it 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 is the personification of who he is and how he thinks. He did a podcast eight five. Five, six years ago, mm-hmm. was asked about people fleeing California. Yeah. And his answer was clinically insane. Every part of it <laughs> was insane. Right. And for some reason, people <coughs> don't know who he is, which I, it, it befuddles me. It blows my mind. It, I am, um, my mom. Before she died, she was like, I'm voting for Gavin Newsom because Larry Elder's a Republican. And I was like, but Gavin Newsom's an insane person who does does nothing. She's like, I know who he is. Like, I, I, I know what this is. Like, like a dog eating the same shitty dry kibble every single night yeah. for 14 years and being excited about it. I think there's an emotional component to all of it. The power of entertainment, the power of being able to have that sort of uh, star quality is really what pre- – people like to say it's policy. I like Obama's policies. I like his platform. No, you like the way he makes you feel. Yes, yeah. you like the way he makes and you feel. And we are in – in California, I lived here for 10 years. We are in a relationship with a narcissist abuser who no matter right. what happens to us – he gets on there and says, it's going to be okay, baby. I'll make yeah. it better. We can't leave work. him. But We're, you're the one who's hurting me. But it's not – he's not – he doesn't present as an evil abuser that's beating us over the head with it. It's all happening and we're suffering. And he gets up there and says, I'll make it more better for you. Don't worry, baby. Ike Turner's, Don't worry, baby. Ike Turner's running the state. <laughs> so that, that's that's what's happening. We're all and, Tina. And, and people are just persuaded by that spell of uh, a guy who's up there. And once he hits his marks, even though you know he's manipulating you, you fall for it. There's well, that, dumb people fall for it or whatever. The, not the, even the not, proverbial you. It's sort yeah. of like, yes, that's, that's the proverbial the you. And it's not traditionally dumb people. Mm-hmm. It's college educated, well-read, oh, sure. intelligent, articulate people 
fall in. It's the power of emotion. It's the motion. The emotional, uh, you know, component to all of it is like that's what's persuading people. It's like you know what he got through that sentence so smoothly. All right, do we have that <laughs> clip? And if not, I don't know. It's just audio. By oh, it's just it audio. It, we've been. It's been played. Justin Trudeau does the same kind of oh, thing. Oh, Trudeau's you know? it's the same thing. It's the, the same worst. school. And and Jordan Peterson has described all of these characters as pure persona. Right. You know, it's nothing but persona. There's no substance there. So, like, even debating them, there's not even ideas being spouted. It's not. It's not substantive. It's not for the marketplace of ideas. And I think people underestimate Trump for his ability being from show business, coming from that world of entertainment. That's why he's so successful because he gets up there and kills for an hour off the cuff, and people love the way he makes them feel. You know. We and, have. Um, sorry, we have. Yeah. We we'll have that. Now again, mm. just remember. He's being asked why people are leaving the state he's running. This is three years ago. Okay. It's only three years Mm -hmm. ago. All right. So he's governor, I guess, at this point. It's like peak COVID. And he's just asked why. And this is the answer he gives. Former Governor Brown said it best. Where the hell are you going to go? And, you know, I love love Texas. Don't get me wrong. Is that the new California motto? Where the hell are you going to go? I don't know. But he said it. And I but it was an interesting (laughs) point. Stop it right there. I don't know, but he said it. That's smooth. You See? quoted somebody and disavowed the quote. So mm-hmm. I would say uh, you got to catch it. The sophistry, you got to catch it. <laughs> right. So what what I'm saying is is um, uh, it's like uh, Teddy Roosevelt said, "Give me liberty or give me death." And they go, "Is that what you think?" And I go, "No, that Roosevelt said that. I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he didn't say it, but <laughs> but the point is is Paul Revere. I don't know. <laughs> it's." John Adams? I I don't know. The point is this. Don't give a quote and then go, I don't know. He Mm. said it. That's that's first piece. That's that's an insane thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, it makes you a sociopath. Mm -hmm. All right. So what are are your predictions for his debate with DeSantis? Uh, Hold on. We'll get through this and then we'll give some predictions. Sorry. Are you going to go? I don't know, but he said it. And I but it was an interesting point, because where are you going to get so many of the other things in the balance? You are aware that I've lived there for two decades, essentially. And this is the first time I've had people really talking about not being there and not that they could figure it out somewhere else. I don't think that's true. I think they can figure out where they're going to go. But it's not a zero sum game. Right. Okay. I I have a friend who just Uh went to uh, Utah. Uh, Beautiful. I, it may maybe the right thing for him. Um, they've made a ton of money. They have the ability to take their kids out of public school into private school, and they're doing that. And um, you know, they—I imagine—they're not going to turn their back forever on California. Okay, so why is everyone leaving your state? I have a couple. I have friends. <laughs> they left. They did it. That's the answer he provided. It was good for them. <laughs> He's. He's got kids. They're not going to be gone forever. Yeah, I, I bet they're being Utah making money forever. But mm. that was his answer. But he made it into a class warfare thing. You see that? So yes. he said people aren't leaving because my state is bad. They're leaving because they're rich capitalist exploiters who are cushy and can do it. I'm here for the working class. There's a there's a very clever bending of the of the intention of the question there, where he turned yes. it into. Oh, the wealthy, and no one in the le- and no one who sympathizes with Gavin's worldview sympathizes with people who have means. So yes. he, he he did that bend, and he tried to push it in that direction. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about everybody suffering from all your horrible well, policies. But he, he he tilted it in that direction. In terms you know? of the debate, right um, <laughs> next Thursday, it it depends because w- what what happens is so 
he's not uh, – Gavin Newsom is not a good debater in terms of substance. Mm-hmm. He's skilled in terms of the word salad and yeah. running out the Stop. clock. Stop. Now, if we – and by the way, all, all the people who moderate these debates, it's like, well, female so-and-so from mm-hmm. MSNBC and Trump and Biden are up there. And Trump's going, are you kidding? You want to bring up China? Your son is going to China. Your son is making the money. And the bitch is out there going, can we get back to talking about race? Can we get back to talking about race? Such a nasty woman. If somebody (laughs) will let them go at it, you have to be able to do what I did with Gavin Newsom, Mm -hmm. which is I am not going to let you lie. Sit here and lie. I'm going to keep asking you the same question, and I'll hand you a fucking shovel, mm-hmm. and you'll dig your own grave because you look like an insane, retarded person mm-hmm. with the, saying the exact same thing over and over. If they let them do that, if they can drill down on that stuff instead of screaming, when I want to talk about race, mm-hmm. then then it'll work. If, if not, he'll run the clock out. It can't That's work what he because always does. this stuff is theater. It is not substance. They're putting on a show of a debate. Like we're portraying a debate. But in long form, like if they sat down around a table, you'd get a very different read of how these people really are. Because even, you know, when you do like a, a hit on a news segment or something like that, they'll ask you a question. But they're not asking you a question. They're running the script. You're doing your response and they're moving on. You can even tell when you're doing like a short form piece or an interview they're just waiting it out, too, because right. there's someone in their ear. So it gives you the presentation of authentic conversation, authentic debate. It's a sport you're watching. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we expect, you know, a certain authenticity to come through. And P- Trump in the past has done that where he, like, cuts through the nonsense. And you're, you're trying to see people do that in the Republican debates, too. I think mm-hmm. when we vec, I think he made a strategic error calling out the moderators in the very beginning. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Went, he went for the win line for the masses, but you don't do that at the beginning because then you're not going to, you know, you don't go after the moderators right away. Probably not a good strategic thing, but he was trying to get the clip. But he's like, we are in this country. We need uh, much more p- people to be moderating. Why, why isn't Joe Rogan up there on the stage? <laughs> why are there people like that? That is what's wrong with this country. And he was going for it. That could have been a good closer. And the opener, yeah. don't piss off the moderators. No, the only right. good part about that they is when he it. was like, where were all you guys on the steel? dossier and Hillary Clinton and Russian collusion. You peddled that shit it, for four years. What yeah, about it? It's satisfying. Yeah, turn the mic on them. Then, yes. they, then they try to pretend like they're entertainers. She's like, my heels are good for one thing, ammunition. Right. right. That was a bomb. Well, what this, was that? What this, was that? <laughs> this debate is going to be audience free uh-huh. and 90 good. minutes uh, moderated by Sean Hannity. They should all Enjoy. be audience free. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll take a quick break. We got some news and we'll do that right after this. We'll be- Oh, love me some hydro state-of-the-art at-home rowing machine. I have one. Delivers the ultimate full-body workout. Works 86% of your muscles. Only takes 20 minutes. Low impact. Low risk of injury. I sit there and usually watch TMZ and just crank it up and go at it for 20 minutes. And by the way, the 20 minutes is exactly the length of your favorite half-hour TV show when you fast-forward through the commercials. Workouts are taught by Olympians and world-class athletes, filmed all over the world. It's beautiful, too, when you look at the screen. You're in every beautiful river in the world. Outside, it's not some studio. It just makes you feel free. Hydro keeps you motivated. 90% of customers are still active one year in. Yeah, you can race other people too. It'll get you moving. Free standard shipping, 30-day risk-free, one-year warranty. I use it. I hope you use it too. It is just so much better than the treadmill. It's Hydro, right, Dawson? 
Join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Take advantage of Hydro's special holiday savings right now. Head over to Hydro.com and use code ADAM to save up to $500 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com, Hydro.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. And now, Alcoa presents Definitely Not a Jew on the Adam Carolla Show. Dateline, Midway, Arkansas. A 55-year-old man was charged with felony drug possession and public sexual indecency after he was found in his car outside a commercial storage facility having sex with a stuffed animal definitely not a jew ami kozak is in studio ami's house name of the podcast website ami and i'll spell it out k-o-z-a-k.com is where you go we got mm-hmm. some news and we'll get into that right now yeah so after a devastating advertiser exodus last week involving some of the world's largest media companies ex-owner elon musk is suing the progressive watchdog group media matters over Mm -hmm. its analysis highlighting anti-semitic and pro-nazi content on x a report that appeared to play a significant role in the uh, brand revolt so according to the lawsuit Media Matters knowingly and maliciously manufactured side-by-side images depicting advertisements next to neo-Nazi and white nationalist posts on X. Yes. So there are all these groups and foundations, you know, we're uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and we've declared PragerU to be a racist organization. Yeah. And then the dumb bitches from The Viewer are like, well, I mean, PragerU, they were, they were deemed <laughs> racist by the Southern Poverty. You create a fucking company. It's like, oh, uh, well, I got the Guinness Book of World Records for this, that, and the other. But how about Larry's Book of World Records? Who's Larry? Mm-hmm. He said I was the most popular comedian in town. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't create entities who then go out and attack. And they always end up on the same side, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's always sure. on the left. And they're always and, – and they loved Elon Musk. Until he got Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, sorry, you guys don't get to use Twitter as a propaganda platform anymore for your fucking bullshit. I have Twitter now. And then they all turn mm-hmm. on him and then they do the same thing. So white supremacy is giving these people a platform. We're now, I've been screaming about this for years. We have to manufacture white supremacy because there's not enough actual white supremacy going around for what for them and what they say. And what we're seeing in the last month and a half with regard to the Israel stuff is it ain't the Tiki Torch people that are the ones to be concerned about it. It's the universities. Yes. Like and that's so where it's been the whole time, people, in, in different degrees. We don't have white supremacy on the ascent in this country. Well, <laughs> but think about the concept. Yeah. 
You go, I'm going to win an election because I'm never going to stop talking about white supremacy. Right. Uh, Joe Biden ran because he saw them with the tiki torches mm. in uh, North Carolina. And he came out of the with, with veins bulging and mm. red eyes. And I stood up and I said, I've got to do something about mm. it. And then you run on it. Mm. And then every speech you weave it in. And then you tell the FBI, you say that the biggest problem this country faces is domestic white supremacy. And then he does it. And then the bitches from The View go, well, don't take my word for it. The the, F, the guy who runs the FBI says it's the biggest problem. <laughs> but now there's not enough to go around. Right. So now you must manufacture it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly yeah. what it is. And, and it's, it's, it's two parts. Manufacture white supremacy. And when you realize... All the anti-Semitism is coming from college students in liberal states. Tamp it down. So yeah. under-report that, over-report this. Yeah, there's this illusion that's been going on where, uh, you know, what's been totally slept on, in a way the white supremacist, the cries of white supremacy all over this country have been crying wolf in a sense. And what we actually are seeing are the worst ideas of the woke left ascendant in media culture, corporate America, everywhere. You do not have shows on Disney Plus with the KKK animated. Right. You don't have that. I've been no. having this argument with my friends on the left. I'm not saying the Tiki Torches people are good. They are They are worth condemning. No. The, and, and what's been a little creepy now in the Israel stuff is like you're seeing the worst elements of the right and the left meeting on the full circle end. You are yes. seeing that. It's not in the form of white supremacy. It's in the form of anti-Semitism. They all agree on that. The anti-Semitism yeah. is the great uniter for all these factions <laughs> right. because it's not what proud, it's, you know, the Fuentes and the people of the world, there's people who claim that the Jews are the white settler colonialist well, power of Israel or they're the usurpers from behind the scenes controlling America. So they meet at this weird, weird Is there a version of the squad on the right is what I'm saying. Yes. You, you bitch, it's just it, coincidentally come down, everything is pro-Palestinian, everything is anti-Israel, but, it's a matter but, of but white supremacy is the biggest problem, although none of you are white, none of you are men, and none of you are in the Klan, mm-hmm. and then there's some right-wing versions, well, there's a bunch of Republican guys who are do, who do are in the Klan, like it doesn't exist. You could go on Twitter the last 10 years, pre-Elon Musk, and even now you could have gone on and said, I hate white people, F white people, F this, F that, and even with anti-Semitism, it's like the double standard, I mean, look, Kanye said what he said, and he faced obviously some consequences business-wise and social-wise. But I think if he dropped an album tomorrow, it would do well. Yes. I haven't seen Kramer in years. Right. That's right. Went on. I I ain't seen him in years. And I'm saying both things are bad, and both (laughs) things should be held to the same standard in a sense. And yes, Kanye faced some backlash, but he said the most unapologetically anti-Semitic stuff, and maybe it came from being mentally crazy. But the amount of people who resonated with what he said was— astounding and horrifying it's like kanye speaks truth there's signs you know stand with kanye there's people defending and putting it into context racism doesn't get that passed no. and it shouldn't and neither should anti-semitism mm-hmm. but it's really amazing where people focus their attention as if to say white supremacy is the thing that's glaring and on the ascent and getting a pass it doesn't get a pass these people are fringe and if you know some anchor got on tv and started espousing white supremacist views he'd be gone in a second but there's yes. a professor at columbia praising october 7th as a glorious event and he's Given consideration. Everything is projection now, and they're doing tremendous damage to this country Mm -hmm. by calling, saying we live in a white supremacy nation and all that stuff. They're so fucking horrible. They're horrible. They're causing damage. They're hurting the people that they say they're trying to protect and save with, you know, Black Lives Matter and defund the police and trying to convince every 17-year-old black kid that gets pulled over that we live in a racist, that cop who's coming to the car is Mm -hmm. racist, so let's wrestle him down and try to get his gun away from him. 
It's so insanely destructive. It's so narcissistic. And yet they keep marching on. And I hope Elon sues the fuck out of Media Matters. Yeah. yeah well, it certainly is. Because <laughs> yeah. they're cooking the books. And this isn't a free speech issue. This is taking money out of Elon's pocket and he'll sue them. Free speech goes both ways, you know, and I think one of the things that in in light of all of this calling out anti-Semitism when we see it, you know, part of the conversation I had with Candace Owens was pointing out that, look, it is true that to throw around terms loosely and call out racism where it is not is an unproductive and destructive thing to do. But when we do see it, to not call it out when it's right in front of us is just as destructive. And I think Speaking of, you know, being in our echo chambers and tribal allegiances, we've gotten so used to saying we're against cancel culture. We have to just now be a little more precise by what we mean. We're against the culture that cancels anybody for anything, for any infraction, for any joke. That doesn't mean we're okay tolerating, you know, libel and actual anti-Semitism when we see it. Like there are social consequences to those things. That's perfectly appropriate. Free speech is about really technically what the government does. So we just have to be precise. Cancel culture as we knew it and as we stood against it is really about the normal normative social interactions we have and giving people benefit of the doubt when they're joking or when they're doing things, but not when we see actual apologists for terrorism. If you, uh, by the way, enjoyed me dismantling uh, our Governor Newsom, oh, yes. uh, you can kick it old school and listen to me dismantle Gloria Allred, uh-huh. who was the attorney for oh. the black audience members when Kramer went on oh. his run. Oh, boy. That was an early a dismantle. I gotta take That's that. a, you'll, you'll enjoy oh. you'll enjoy that one, yeah, yeah. too. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the Gavin one, too. That was something. I listened I, all the way through. You're like, but why? Wait, so you're saying it's only it's only black people online? He's like, no, no, it's everybody. But is it everybody? Or you just said it was only African American? No, no, it's everybody. And it's African American. It's just them, and it's everybody. No, he went, he, <laughs> he, the way he tried to he explain it to me, like, in full tarred mode, he goes... <laughs> I go. I kept going. Why do you keep bringing up black and Hispanic if it's everyone? And he goes, because the numbers, the <laughs> numbers are so disproportionate with black and Hispanic. And I go, then why? Uh-huh. And he then go back to it's everyone. Well, it's not. It's not. Well, it's not just them, but it's disproportionately them. But it's not just them. It's everybody because humanity. It's everybody. everyone's a human being. Everybody. Some people are men. Some people are women. Everybody's a human. <laughs> How being. are we going to solve a problem if it's everybody? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's such a yeah. fucking idiot. I blame everybody but mm. me. Yeah. All right. What else <laughs> do we got? Um, all right. So uh, speaking of, of people getting canceled, so yeah. comedian Matt Reif just released his new net Netflix special, Natural Selection. Mm-hmm. I got angry at that special. Oh, you did. I did because. I was enjoying it, you know, and I was seeing it for like what it was. And he ended it by doing like a mic drop bitch, you know, kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is super pompous and weird. And I, I just thought, why? Do you see how he ended it? I didn't see it. Oh, he he went. He just he like sometimes what I'll do when I watch it, a Netflix special, especially as a comedian, I don't, I don't know very well. Mm-hmm. I'll watch like the first eight or ten minutes because I want to know what they're opening with, what their vibe is, mm-hmm. and what. And, and as a comedian, you go, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna front load some good stuff, mm-hmm. and then I want to end strong, you know. So I, I'll tend sometimes to go, let me watch the first eight minutes, see what he front loads with, and then I'll skip ahead to the last ten minutes because I want to know what his closer is mm-hmm. essentially, and I want to know if we're going out on a big joke, you know, and and what they deemed is you know better than. The stuff that's in the middle. Okay. You know, and he ended it by saying uh, at the very end, I was like, oh, here comes the big one. And he goes, they said I only did crowd work. 
And then he like dropped the mic and mm-hmm. walked away. And it was like it was really douchey and brash uh-huh. and weird. And I just thought it was a weird yeah, well, weird you have, to, yeah, you have the context of that, if I could speak to it, what he's referring to is, you know, we're in a world now where people are really, really known to their audience. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, you know, they're not really known. So there's a whole context leading up to the uh, rise of Matt Reif, which is this fascinating, like, TikTok story of he's been at the – my understanding is his backstory. I don't know him, but, like – He's been at it 11 years doing his thing, and then he didn't really want to do social media, but he was encouraged to do it. And his crowd work, you know, you get captured by your own success. So his crowd work on TikTok was exploding, mm-hmm. and his brand was becoming synonymous with crowd work. And people were coming to his shows, interrupting his act constantly to get on the TikTok clip. And while it's fun, and he would wrestle with it, and he does a good job, I think, on his feet, you know, his uh, his whole thing was – you know, it's a monster that I've created and I can't stop. Like, they're interrupting stuff I've prepared to do. I have an act, but I can't. Well, I appreciate do it. the context. You know, so I think that's There maybe is what he's context, yeah. but I don't that's like right. the mic drop. I get it. I don't I like it. anyone that <laughs> has a mic drop. Yeah, yeah, because it's a like, self congratulating moment. Well, those I, microphones are expensive. Too. Respect we have to respect the science. The, I, the yeah. Respect the science. Respect the gear. There's man. a stand. It was an SM58, man. <laughs> yeah. He could take They were built for that. But I think he's saying, like, you know. I get. Look, I'm all for it. Yeah. Do it in a funny way. Mm-hmm. That's that. Address it in a in a funny way. I, and also, to be fair to him, I'm fundamentally opposed to attitude brought to stand up. Uh-huh. I didn't like when Dane Cook was doing all the attitude stuff. Like I just, I don't like attitude in art. Didn't he also get weird when like someone farted in the studio and it got awkward? That, that was okay? that was with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah Adam, oh, I think we have the oh, we yeah. have the end. Like the so last who minute. Who cares if absolutely nobody believes in you, man? Fuck these people. For 12 oh, years. Oh, wait, stop for a second. I, I don't like inspirational speeches in, in, <laughs> in stand up e- either, but we'll, we'll play. There's, all right, here we go. To me, man. And if I let that affect how I respected my own thoughts and ideas, I wouldn't be doing a Netflix special at Constitution Hall in my favorite city in the entire country, man. But what do I know? I only do crowd work, right? Oh, peace out. It was the I'm I'm like just watching old man it. comedian. I'm like I want to hear what his last joke is. This seems like a post and he goes show out with thing. inspirational whatever and attitude. And I was like, yeah, I would have liked a joke. Maybe the, the sincerity of it. I feel like the act might have ended. I haven't seen it, so maybe he does that, and then he has his moment to like to talk mm-hmm. it out. But hey, it's the end it's of a, the special. That's <laughs> yeah. all. You have There's to know not a cut. Yeah, There's not a commercial break. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. And okay. the mic and the damage it caused. <laughs> well, oh. you're so, sensitive to gear. <laughs> so people are really upset with his opening joke. So um, he's talking about how he, he and his friend went to a ratchet Baltimore restaurant and mm. they realized their server had a black eye. Mm. So here, listen to the audio of that one real quick. Yeah. There, and the hostess who like seats you at the restaurant had a black eye. <laughs> a full black eye. And it wasn't like, what happened? It was pretty obvious what happened. <laughs> And we couldn't get over the fact that we're like, this is the face of the company? Like, this is, this is where you have greeting people? And my boy who I was with was like, yeah, I feel bad for her, man. I feel like they should you know, put her in the kitchen or something where nobody, where nobody has to see her face, you know? And I was like, yeah, but I feel like if she could cook, she wouldn't have that black eye. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. so, no problems with right. the jokes that go right to the edge there. Yeah, I know. So uh, people uh, are really upset about it online, and um, so and he's actually received a ton of backlash. Now he's a really popular comedian, especially with the ladies. So, um, so yeah, he's getting a lot of backlash. So uh. he goes on Instagram to apologize. He puts oh. up a story. It says, "Hey, um, if you've ever been offended by a joke I've told, here's a link to my official apology." And you click the link, and it takes you to this page here. It's a uh, special needs helmets. Now I like him. There yeah. you go. Just, I, now I like him. It's only good for the special, right? The right. backlash is great. I yeah. mean, that's what you want. In defense of jokes, people, like what what are we talking about here? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, and yeah, we can always appreciate the doubling down. Did you hear the crowd laugh? I, I liked, did. I, I, I like the not apologizing part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have me arguing with Gloria already, if you, if oh, you yeah. like Ami. Oh, cool. yes. Uh, I'm sure you hate cut. her, even though she's in the tribe. <laughs> I'm going to answer if you will answer my question. I do think it was wrong what he did. But you don't think he should suffer a consequence? I don't necessarily say he shouldn't. He will and has. Like what? How has he been punished? Well, first off, we're talking about what a jackass he is on a national radio oh, so show. That's enough. Well, one some would say it's the ultimate in a certain sense. Well, I don't know, and I'll tell you why. I why is it. giving away money the ultimate punishment? Isn't well, your name being tarnished the ultimate punishment? Uh, let me address your issue. Yes. That if he's talked about, that's punishment enough. For some people, that enhances their career if they're celebrities. The name recognition alone now is a lot bigger and broader and wider than ever before, and maybe... It will actually result, as it did for Hugh Grant, in a lot more career opportunities. Well, Hugh Grant had an established film career. That's a, a poor example of somebody whose career was moved along by being no, with a transvestite. I'm saying people who have come back strong from what appears to be a scandalous situation. I'm sure you would agree with that. Well, yeah, it's, it's possible. But I think if you asked Michael Richards whether he prefer, or Michael Richards' representation, his publicist or his agents, whether they prefer this incident happen or not, they would have course say no. Well, that's not the question of whether they would prefer it happen. The question is, will it enhance his career? No. And we don't know the answer to that Yes, yet. we do. You're the answer is no. no. Because you've got a crystal ball that I don't have. No, I have a crystal brain that thinks logically. Well, you don't. You really don't know about these things. So the point is... Right. Really? She's a dumb shit. <laughs> I'd like to book her on the show next week. Bitch, it's been 17 years. <laughs> That's what um, do it. Mike, uh, seen him pop up in any sitcoms, playing the nutty neighbor, or the dad. Yeah. I think he has a new book coming out. Yeah. Uh, like a memoir. Uh, he, he did the Curb. He did Curb. He kind of went But yeah, he's, he's, he's off the grid. I mean, yeah. he was on the most popular sitcom she, of all time. He was beloved. Yeah. She is arguing that we don't know if dropping 80 N-bombs on a stage <laughs> is going to hurt your career. <laughs> is that what her point was? trying to say like there isn't enough cons what was she trying to say she I, she okay here's what she's saying yeah i want cash yeah. uh. i want money <laughs> this is what she's saying and uh. what i'm saying is he's flush with cash mm -hmm. and then what she's saying is why shouldn't he be punished and what i'm saying is is you've destroyed the man's name and the reputation mm -hmm. his reputation he's a pariah that's the most valuable thing a man yes, can own sure. money He'd love to cut you a check because he's got tons of residual money and he could cut a check and it could all go away. Mm -hmm. But the real punishment is destruction of your name, yes. which has happened to him. So mm -hmm. he has been punished. Look, it's like you make the same argument against Union Carbide. If they went, oh, they poisoned all the water in South Africa and all they had to do is cut a check. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's the point. You go, they weren't punished. 
rich people cutting checks is being let off. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. So I'm saying his reputation's been destroyed, and you have punished him. And then she said, because she's a shrewd lawyer, how do you know this isn't going to enhance his name recognition? And that's where the crystal brain line came in, which is it can no. And she's going, you don't know. Now, she's lying at that point, and she wants cash. Yeah. That's she's confusing backlash and controversy with uh, someone saying something where they were not joking. The reason right. this didn't work for him is because maybe there were points in that set that he could have recovered, but he just committed to the not joke part. And yes. therefore, when you say something seriously bad and mean it, there's consequence. People react to it, understandably so. So – I think she was playing this whole like Hollywood game of oh you can't she's confusing controversy with like intention here and yes. uh, that was the main fundamental I mean, but, willful misunderstanding. But just so you understand, yeah, she's lying yeah. and trying to get people in willful, the audience willful. paid. Yes. yes. All right. One more. Mm-hmm. What else we got? All right. Well, so there's a uh, a new poll out that says forty um, percent of Americans are afraid to walk alone at night. Yeah, it's getting dicey out yeah, there. Well, but spike in fear comes as violent crime has decreased nationwide. But um, So this poll was done by Gallup, and they surveyed 1,009 adults. Oh, decreased from when, though, I guess is the I question. I guess in the last two years, it's decreased about 1.8 or 2%, basically mm-hmm. 2%, but it, mm-hmm. it's still on downward um, trajectory. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, in addition to that, 28% of Americans worry frequently or occasionally that they will be murdered. Um, 72% worry that they fall, will fall victim to identity theft. So, yeah, a lot of, I, I don't know, maybe this, I don't know if this is part of the fear, doom and gloom, whatever, true crime is, is getting into people's heads. But, um, yeah, this four is, out of ten Americans don't, don't want to walk a mile at night within, with, uh, from their home. Well, a lot of it, I mean, these people live in cities, larger cities, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, because – Homelessness has now thrown a wild card in everything crime because Mm -hmm. you're not sure whether that guy's just going to come up behind you or or not because he's a dicey homeless guy is basically like (laughs) homeless dog. Mm -hmm. Like you see people walking their dogs in the tails wagon and they're all taken care of and stuff and you walk right past them. But once in a while you see the feral like stray dog buzzing around out there and you don't know if you should take him in and clean him up and nourish him or walk to the other side of the street because mm-hmm. you're not sure what that dog's going to do. Now, yeah. he's probably not going to bite you, but he looks pretty mangy <laughs> and a little disoriented, and we're not sure. Yeah. And so now you take these people who aren't criminals per se or violent criminals per se, and then you scatter them in every major city, then everyone's going to have the freak out mode when they come out. And listen, I right here in, in Burbank, when I had Oscar De La Hoya and some of the other guys over at the other shop, oh, right. we walked out at night, and there's a homeless guy, and he was getting in our grill and wanting to fight and scared mm-hmm. the shit out of my daughter and, you know, getting yeah. agitated and stuff. Uh, it was funny, because I'm standing with Oscar De La Hoya and seven boxers, and then <laughs> I used to teach boxing, uh-huh. and this guy was emaciated and beaked out of his brain and fucked up. And I was like, we're going to drop this guy fast. But my daughter got 
yeah. freaked out. The guy was like kind of coming at us, you know. Well, and it, it does square with reality in some respects. There have been actual policies put in place that have led to predictively increases in crime and violent behavior. San yes. Francisco, when you decide that this is only going to be a misdemeanor to steal under $1,000 and then you start seeing places being looted. Yeah. And uh, and there's actual decisions made at the political level that have effects. This isn't just like it's divorced yes. from reality. Um, so when you see stores being looted and everyone has to go like this, an Apple store where everyone has to put their arms, arms behind their back and look down as the place gets completely robbed. Right. Can't do anything. It's a crime to stop them. Yep. Right. This attitude towards criminal uh, uh, enforcement and uh, criminal justice enforcement. When you make those decisions and this stuff happens, this attitude towards – there's always this attitude, especially on the far left when these policies come in, where there are no actual actors involved. Crime is, and, 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 and immorality are just these external things that come upon us. And so we cannot actually well, hold accountable it, these people that are doing it's this. It's deeper. We yeah. force them into it through yeah. poverty, through systemic racism. They have no choice. All of it. Yeah, no, we're, a, we're a, accountable. A, the AOC ones who are virtuous are accountable. Explains exactly. these are moms stealing bread for their children yeah, who are hungry. So all of that apologism know. for this right. kind of behavior in Tomsport hurts those people in those yeah. very communities. The property destruction that we call mostly peaceful protests, the turning a blind eye to all of it. Unless yes. it's a white guy with a tiki, tiki torch that fits a certain narrative, we will ignore all of it. And therefore, we, that combined with t- Twitter doom scrolling, you can't hide from it anymore you're seeing clip after clip after clip of cities and hearing accounts that are showing just crime spiking and people having to tolerate it it's like dystopian yeah i think it does square with reality so it's perfectly reasonable to be more afraid than we were 10 years ago i i agree and it's it's like the argument is is the left says well fox is just showing these clips and getting everyone agitated and then they go the reality is is in the red states Mm -hmm. the governors are and that's it's true, but they cherry pick, which is interesting. They yeah. go, these states are run by Republican governors. And it's like, we're not talking about the states. We're talking about the city. Yes. The city is very blue and mm-hmm. has very progressive qualities. And they have all the DAs uh, that are elected and the police chief and everything. And it's the city. It's not the state. Yeah, that's Once you get out of the city, then you don't worry about the crime. And mm-hmm. the city's blue within a red governed state. So yeah. keep that in mind when someone brings that up. Just walk right. through Market Street in San Francisco. Take a take a look down and take a look through what is now looks like a zombie apocalypse in terms right. of, I like that shirt, man. <laughs> like people are coming up to you and it's just like, like you said. Um, you don't know what to make of it, but certainly it's cause for concern, and it's not uh, irrational to be a little more on edge and, and anxious about it. Agreed. You know, well, we got one more. Yeah, what do you got? Well, um, it is. It <laughs> is. Did we finish that one? Yeah, we did finish that. Uh, one. All right. Okay. Well, then what's the next one? Well, I just, I, you know, it's tradition for us to play this video the day before Thanksgiving because. You know, everyone's getting their food Oh, ready. we do it the day before Thanksgiving. Right, because Thanksgiving you just give your cranberry sauce recipe. Oh, so. that's right. Sorry, day before. So yeah. um, we have to do this. Mm-hmm. It's a classic viral video clip where um, an aunt is yelling at one of the uh, nieces about and, uh, making uh, mac I'm and in, cheese. I'm in love with this woman, although I don't think it would work out big picture. But I'm in love with this <laughs> woman because I've been screaming for years, stop putting fucking golden raisins and coleslaw Mm. stop putting green apples and everything stop putting sun just make fucking coleslaw Mm. and just make fucking mac and cheese there is nothing (laughs) less broken than mac and cheese mac and cheese is so good 
that for 49 cents you can get the craft box with yeah. the orange powder that has you know orange number 7 i think it's i think trump uses it on as sunscreen i put it on the hair actually oh you do the <laughs> hair oh, absolutely oh. It gets it really nice and sparkly for 49 <laughs> cents the cheapest thing you can eat and it is the best meal when you're absolutely. high cheesy yep. 45 they it, call it, it. it <laughs> and if Delicious. you want to go upscale mm. and get some real gorgonzola or something like a real three cheese whatever you can go but stop fucking with all the other bits and pieces in it. Savory well, is savory. Velveta. We love, we love Velveta. Velveta. Yeah. <laughs> well, this right. wonderful aunt will agree with you. Here's her yeah. video. We told you don't put that shit in the macaroni cheese, but you insist on putting it. So since you want to do things your damn way, we're going to do shit our way. We get ready to go upstairs and go to sleep while you clean up all this shit for Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We love you. But guess what? This shit ain't fair that we couldn't even get a decent thing of macaroni and cheese. We got to wait and go back to Goose for Auntie Karen to make us some damn macaroni and damn cheese. Because you decided to do some bullshit you didn't see off the damn internet. Don't experiment on damn Thanksgiving. Don't experiment on Thanksgiving. You experiment by your damn self. I've with cream cheese before. Hell, don't try it with us. We don't want that shit. Auntie Karen gave you the damn recipe. But you chose to do shit on your own. Whether it's Mac and cheese or deviled eggs or whatever. It's just fucking stick to the recipe. Savory. Just stick to it. <laughs> same color hair as me. She has the same color hair. She as did. Lovely. That's yeah. why beautiful. I like She's a beautiful woman. She's yeah, beautiful. look. Why, why not vote for you? What's she got to lose? Oh, they love me. The African-American community. So many, so many people love me. And she's got the same color hair. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. You know that, right? She uses the mac and cheese in her she hair. She uses the, the powder. powder. She uses the powder. We're, we're releasing Trump mac and cheese hair dye. <laughs> beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful thing. With Trump steaks, you sprinkle it on your steak. You sprinkle it on your hair. And you look beautiful. I think Velveeta just... even does a liquefied version oh, of that. Uh, yes, we, we sip it so good. So good. So good. Velveeta. So with Thanksgiving coming up, what yeah. are you thankful for? Oh, I'm thankful for uh, 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 this country. It's a beautiful country. Every, and for 2024, because we're going to win so bigly. So bigly. I'm thankful for Joe. But Sleepy Joe did a, did a favor for me. He proved my point, you know. So I'm thankful for him, too. Yeah, he's yes. had a birthday. And I'm thankful for China. China, they're showing the true colors. Thankful for China. No Chinese food on this Thanksgiving. Maybe Christmas, you know, because my, my daughter's Jewish now. So we might do the Chinese food for Christmas. Her and Jared and Ivanka, they're doing so well, doing so good. <laughs> they might do the Chinese food. So we'll see about that. But I don't trust them. Maybe COVID in there, too. You, know, uh, you have to be. If they get it from Chinese. a wet market. We got to get a dry market for Chinese food. Uh, so we'll see what we can do. Ami, you want to hang out? We're going to talk to a uh, journalist and documentarian, a okay. filmmaker who's uh, in Israel oh, wow. right now. Pierre Rehov mm. will speak to. We'll take a quick break. Come back and talk to Pierre right after this. Hey. I don't know if you guys know, but it's See Better Drive Safer Month. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They have put a spotlight on items to help you see the road more clearly all month long receive gift cards after rebate on select wiper blades and bulbs if your wiper blades are streaking and smearing well they're worn out and they need to be replaced but good news you can get up to a 20 dollars o'reilly gift card after rebate with purchase of select wiper blades the professional parts people will install your new wiper blades and they'll do it for free See the road better with new bulbs. Get up to a $15 O'Reilly gift card after rebate with the purchase of Sylvania Silver Star Ultra or select ZXE Twin Pack bulbs. They'll even help you pick out the right bulb for your vehicle. Visit your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store for details. O'Rewards members receive 
two times O Rewards points on select bulbs and up to four times points on cleaning supplies for your vehicle. Don't miss the See Better, Drive Safer month now at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store or shop online at O'ReillyAuto.com. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Hey, H-Man, Adam and KC. I was going to tell you, I went on a flight the other day, and in Kansas City, they told me to take my laptop out of the bag and put it in two separate tubs with my backpack. Got to Dallas, heading back to Kansas City. They said, what are you doing? Why are you taking those apart? That doesn't make no sense. Just wanted to let you know that little travel story, H-Man. Get it on. You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. Inconsistencies, what makes people not believe you. Pierre Rehove is in Israel right now. He's a French-Israeli reporter, writer, documentarian, filmmaker, made a, a groundbreaking documentary called Suicide Killers that shed light on the psychology of uh, suicide terrorists and knows that region. Good to see you, Pierre. I'm happy to be with you guys. Uh, so you're only 10 miles from Gaza right now, right? That's where you live? Little mistake, 15 miles. 15 miles. Um, what's the temperature like there? What's the vibe like in Israel right now? Well, if you're talking about the weather, it's kind of fine. If you're talking about the overall atmosphere, uh, you know, we've been at war for now more than six weeks. And uh, I would say the the country has been traumatized by what happened on October 7th. So... Everywhere you go, everywhere you see is kind of talking about it. And uh, other than that, you know, life is as usual. There is a, uh, I live in a, in a little city about a 25 miles south of Tel Aviv. And as, as you know, I just told you, uh, not far away from Gaza. And uh, we've been kind of quiet for about a week now. We had just an alert yesterday. And for about three, four days, we didn't receive any rockets which was kind of fine. and uh, But uh, before that, we were, I, I mean, where I live, where I, uh, precisely we were receiving an average of three to five, sometimes 10 rockets in a day, which means it's time you have to rush to the shelter. Or It happened to me that I was outside uh, walking the dogs once, and there was an alert. And, you know, when there's an alert, it means that the rocket is going to be uh, taken down by uh, the Iron Dome, which is a anti-rocket uh, Israeli system. And uh, this rocket blew up just above me. Uh, I was with the dogs. I had no place to, no place to hide, no place to, to uh, shelter. So the rocket blew up uh, above my head, and uh, shrapnels just uh, fell all over the place. I mean, I, I saw a tree, a tree, a, a, sorry, a tree catching fire like... Uh, uh, a few hundred feet away from me, and uh, that's that. You know, that's kind of scary. But other than that, that was the only incident, as far as I'm concerned. Unfortunately, a lot of other people suffered in different matters. That's that's about all I have to say about me living uh, north of Gaza. I uh, reading in the bio that you left France in uh, 08 for anti-Semitism reasons. Uh, it's got to be frightening to see what's going on in Europe. And in America, to certainly some degree, especially on college campuses, the reaction yeah, 
to the attack is confusing. It's appalling. It's bizarre. It's it's one I don't think I would have anticipated. Um, these, especially young people, college people, like it's got to be insanely disappointing and confusing for you. Well, you know, every generation needs this kind of fake heroes. You had, you know, during the Vietnam War, you had uh, Che Guevara. And uh, years later, people found out that Che Guevara was a mass murderer and a pedophile and a torturer. But for a certain period of time, the, the, the kids, I mean, I'm from this generation, and the kids were like, wow, Che Guevara, Che, che Guevara, you know. And now they replace Che Guevara with a kefir. They don't know anything about what's going on here. They don't know anything. Uh, I, I read a poll recently made in uh, uh, college campuses where 40% of the of the kids interrogated thought that Hamas was an elected movement in a democracy and that Israel was ruled by a dictator or something like that. This is to, you know, it's like, wow, uh, Roosevelt was a dictator and Adolf Hitler was elected, uh, <laughs> you know, freely. It's, it's about this kind of mentality that they have. But the reason why, you have to understand, it doesn't come out of, vi- of the vacuum. It comes, uh, and I knew it, I knew it was going to happen because I've been working on that for about 25 years now. And I, 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 I understood that a lot of money has been pouring into American colleges, into a lot of institutions, into um, a lot of newspapers and, and you know, uh, by uh, uh, Iran, uh, by uh, certainly members of the Hamas, as you may know or may, or may not know, they have uh, the leaders of the Hamas together have been able to steal about 10 to 11 billion dollars from the uh, humanitarian help sent to Gaza. So this money, they are not ju- just going to fly around in private jets, it's being used to corrupt people. And this, this is what has been happening in, uh, in campuses. Uh, this is what I call sleeping cells. Uh, you know, on October 7th, you had a, a pogrom, a massacre, during which people raped. I mean, the, the, the guys from Gaza, they raped girls, they beheaded babies, they put a baby in an oven. And all this is true. It's not like a, a urban legend. It did happen. It did happen uh, 20 miles south of where I live. You know, I, I know what I'm talking about. I, I, I've been talking to people who, were, who went there, went to the kibbutz and the, the first rescuers. I, I know what I'm talking about. So... Those people committed a pogrom, a massacre. They killed not only Jews, they not only kidnapped Jews and other people who were partying, you know, they killed 350 uh, young adults who were just partying in the name of peace. By the way, the, the, the Nova party was in the name of peace. This is what it happened so close to Gaza. They wanted to give the Gazans the idea that a lot of people were caring for them. And what happened? 250 of them died and a lot of them were kidnapped. Anyhow, that happened on October 7th. And on October 8th, everybody was in the streets of America with Palestinian flags and already uh, saying uh, from the river to the sea, uh, Palestine will, will be free, which is you know, a call for genocide because it means no more Israel. What's going to happen to the 10 billion people living inside Israel? 
Uh, so all this has been organized for a very long time, and I knew it was going to happen. And my friend uh, Steve Emerson, who's been studying that for even longer than I do, especially in America, he wrote a book called Jihad in America, knew about it also. And a lot of people that I'm talking to regularly knew it was going to happen, and it is happening now. Of course, the government is going to have to do some things in America as, as in, in Europe. They are surprised, surprised by all that. They didn't know it was going to happen. I'm a little bit surprised by uh, how naive uh, people in charge of us are most of the time. Naive or maybe corrupted, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of useful idiots. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people that are just generally angry and sort of raging against whoever might be in power. So they've gone are the days of trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong. It's just like in the United States, we're constantly talking about minority groups. But Asians don't really count as minorities because they're doing well financially. <laughs> Jews really don't count because they're doing well. So now we've taken this minority status and we only use it toward people that aren't doing well statistically from a financial standpoint. Yeah. So it's really just about who who's perceived as doing well and who's perceived as not doing well. And then we do, uh, we take this math and we go, why isn't this one group doing well? And the answer is to these people, because those people took all the money and mm. all the resources. But by the way, it's not just college campuses. If you hear Kamala Harris talk, yeah. she explains the whole thing. It's equity. And, and, and she literally says, well, these people don't have it because these people do. I mean, this has been around for a long time. So, of course, when you want to rage against the machine, in their mind, the machine are the people that have the money. And since the people yeah. have the money, have been con we've convinced the dumb people that the reason that they're held down is because these people have money. And by the way, if you vote for me, I will get their money and I will give it to you and fix this problem. I won't talk about family and education, all the things that would prevent this problem. So It's all power, not values. It's right. Power. And it's been baked in. For a while, so now it's just at the at the point where it's bubbling over, where where it's boiling over, and it does illuminate. Yeah, yeah you absolutely you're, you're absolutely right. I, I agree with you 100 percent of what you're saying. Uh, you know, I call that the syndrome of losers. They, yes. they kind of they are losers because themselves, in a way, they are losers. You know, it takes a lot of efforts to be successful. It takes initiative. It takes uh, in, imagination. It takes risks. It takes a lot. And uh, today. We live in a period of time where you go on TikTok, on YouTube, and uh, people are making money just because they are selling uh, bullshit uh, and they are doing it better than other people. And this, you, you know, I, I, I read another poll which was kind of striking to me. Uh, in the past, if you would ask an American kid or maybe European kid what you want to be in the future, he would become, he would want to be an astronaut. Or, uh, or a doctor or engineer or fireman, you know, some really positive heroes. And now you ask the same question to kids, what do you want to become? A YouTuber. Right. A YouTuber. That's what they want to be. So those kids, want, they don't want to become. They want easy money to have a good life without deserving it. And they see those Palestinians today and they kind of identify to them. I, I know the history of my country and the region 
much better than a lot of people, I promise you. I read hundreds of books about it, and also I'm among the very few people who had the opportunity to talk to dozens, uh, to at least, yeah, dozens of terrorists, because 35 is is, <laughs> is a few dozens. Uh, terrorists, I mean, suicide bombers, and I made two films about it. Not only do I know their psychology and the way they work inside and what they became, what they are, but I know also the entire context of the region. For instance, if I tell you that the Palestinian people were invented in 1964 by Nasser, Yasser Arafat, and the KGB, everybody's going to say, what? But it's a, it's a fact. Until 1964, there was no Palestinian people. They were Arabs living in Palestine. And until 1948, a Palestinian was a Jew. And the Jerusalem Post today was by then called the Palestine Post. Okay, and if you tell an Arab living in Jerusalem in 1935, you're Palestinian, he would punch you because he would be insulted. But Nasser uh, was in a very dear situation uh, between, you know, he was trying to put all the Arab countries together for what he called pan-Arabism. He wanted to be the leader of the entire Arab world, and it didn't work. And at a certain point, it, it was trying one last shot to try again to be uh, the leader of the Arab world. And what is better than to put the blame on the Jews? It's been working for 2,000 years, Right. Uh, for the communists, the Jews are the capitalists, and for the capitalists, the Jews are the communists. It's always the Jews, because it's a very, very small minority, very stubborn minority, and very successful minority sometimes. So anyhow, so he had this idea, why don't we put the blame on the Jews and get all the Arabs together again? We forgot about, you know, in 48, we tried to rip them out of, to take them out of the map, didn't work. So the 56, another war, didn't work. Uh, now we're in 1964. And there is this gangster, local gangster, born in Cairo, Yasser Arafat, who is a nephew of Ajamin al-Husseini, who was a Nazi, who was the first leader of the Arabs of Palestine and a close friend of Adolf Hitler and Himmler. And his nephew, Yasser Arafat, born in Cairo, said, OK, I'm going to be the leader of the Palestinians. What is that, the Palestinians? Well, my people were going to make a shelter and we're going to, and they, they got together, all of them in Cuba, actually, and also in, Jer in East Jerusalem by then. And they, there were two, three meetings and they decided, yeah, okay, we're going to announce that the Jews are exploiting the Palestinian people and are stealing their land, which in 1948 didn't include Gaza. And didn't include the West Bank because by them it was occupied by Jordan. So for them, occupation was already Tel Aviv and Haifa and Elat and, uh, and Ashdod where I live. Okay. So they changed the vocabulary. And this time, there, later on, there was 1967, the Six Days War. And Israel again was attacked by Jordan and, uh, and Egypt and Syria. And they won the, they won the war and they took the territories because they needed space. For security. After the war, they said, okay, uh, we can give you back the territories if we make peace with you guys. And the Arabs got together, 
big uh, big gathering and decided no the, the famous three no's of Khartoum no to peace no to recognition of Israel and no to negotiation with Israel so yeah. after that Israel said okay so we're going to keep them and then they started Israel is an occupier Israel occupier Israel is making the Palestinian people miserable and Israel again tried to make peace with them and there was a Camp David Accord and there was uh, everything was refused by Yasser Arafat and in 2006 again and they gave Gaza away and uh, they voted for Hamas and you know that's a very sad story but it's a real story of the region and when I see those kids especially uh, let me tell you of, I mean I, I saw something like drugs, drug queens for Palestine they would not survive 10 seconds. Of course. Game for Palestine. They would throw them out of the buildings. Well, you know? And those are the kids who are parading for Palestine, not knowing anything. Because yes. in the courage, it's cool to be pro-Palestine. In the meantime, 1,200 people have died. Civilians, most of them, tortured, raped, burned alive. In the meantime, we have soldiers dying every day to try to get rid of the Hamas. There might be a, a truce, by the way, announced tonight or tomorrow. Uh, and, and, and those kids, instead of understanding the situation, understanding that you cannot just throw 10 million people out of their country because they think it's so cool, it drives me crazy. Pierre, clear, clearly, <laughs> clearly, I listen. This is stuff that no no college kid knows or understands. It's it's sad. I I honestly thought the computer was going to fix all this stuff because <laughs> they would have the information, but it's it's agitated and it's, it's made it worse. But yeah. here's my you know here's my take on on the situation, and it's the it's kind of the dirty secret that nobody really wants to talk about, which is. You know, people go, well, it's Hamas and the good people of Palestine want peace and they love their children as well. And they're not pro Hamas. So Hamas has taken them hostage, essentially the country hostage. And uh, the answer is there's some of that. But the reality is, is the people have to be pro Hamas or at least agree with a lot of what Hamas is doing in order for Hamas to run the place. And I always use this example. It'd be like if the United States was run by the Klan, and then I would say to everyone, yeah, we don't we don't like the Klan. We don't like the but they're running the country. It's like how did the Klan get into power if you No, we disagree with what the Klan is doing. Right. We have the Klan. The Klan represents way less than one-tenth of one percent of this country, and we would never vote them into or let them seize any kind of power because we are against it. But if they were in power in the United States, that would be on us, Mm -hmm. that we let them be that way. Adam, let me give you two numbers, okay? Very important numbers. Hamas was elected by the people of Gaza by 65%. Yes. Number, number one. Number two, there was a poll last week. 76% of the people of the Palestinians all around, whether in the West Bank or Gaza, are, uh, uh, agree on what happened on October 7. Yes. They're on the side of Hamas. That's they think the it's problem a that the squad and CNN will not address. They won't because address they that. they agree with it, too. They agree. With, well, I, I'm not going to say they agree with the Across event, the West. but they agree with. Hamas or whatever they that's the dirty little secret how the average 
Palestinian, the average Palestinian that sort of looks the other way slash agrees, possibly condones this. That's the dirty little secret that no one wants to get into out here. But I have good news for you because I know the Palestinians very well. Today they are for Hamas. Tomorrow Israel becomes in power in, the, in, in Gaza. You will find at least 50% of the Gazans saying, well, we're, we're grateful for Israel to have taken over. We're they, better off. Their mentality is to respect a strong power. Right. They respect strength. They, their morality is not between good and evil. It's between pure and impure. It's between shame and pride. It's, be, it's between strength and weakness. They don't have the morality that we have, that we develop in Judeo-Christian countries because they were not developed like Judeo-Christians. Islam is a completely different animal. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, <laughs> when I'm saying animal, you know, it's a, it's a different thing. It's a different. Yeah, I uh, get it. I'm, I would say that, that, that about myself as well. As well. I'm a different animal. Uh, so yeah. what I mean by that is that their culture is designed in such a way that first of all, a lot of them think that the afterlife is going to be much better than whatever happens on earth. And I'm saying that from experience, because I interviewed all of the suicide bombers, and I thought that the mythology, the, 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 the story of the 72 virgins was a myth. But no, it was not a myth. They believe in it like you believe in that you have a computer in front of you on this table. They believe in it so strongly that they try to convince me in Israeli jails or in Gaza or other places where I've been talking to those guys. They try to convince me. They would open the Quran and they would go to Surat al-Rahman and they would tell me, look, it's written black and white. A martyr in heaven Gaz, will be intense and he will have hurries uh, that have never been touched by the man or the jinn. That's written black and white in the Quran. So, okay, uh, why, why is the number 72 coming from? And I made some researches, and 72 is, an, is a, 72 names of God in the Kabbalah, the Jewish Kabbalah. But you have, to, you have to remember that Islam was created, invented after the Old Testament and the New Testament. Everything in the two Testaments have, have been taken stolen by uh, by Islam, and they made it the Quran out of it, and they say, well, and we added a few things, mostly mostly very violent ones, and they said, well, this is, God came back to us and told us this, 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 and that, and this is the Quran. But a lot of things have been simply stolen from other religions, and that's a problem with Israel. The problem we have with Israel is that we believe that Islam was going to take over the rest of the world very fast, very soon. The one jihad, second jihad, now the third jihad. And the Jews were, this, were supposed to disappear from earth. They were supposed to replace the Jews. All of a sudden, not only the Jews survived everything, but they're coming back to their country of origin. It, it's, it's like everything they believed in is desacralized. What's your take on on Europe and the problems that they've had and are going to have with all the migration from uh, all the uh, Islamic folks that are now creating what is clearly going to be a problem? It is. It is. They, they don't believe in democracy, most of them. I'm not talking about all of them, obviously, but most, a lot of them, most of them they do not believe in democracy. Every power has to come from Allah. 
And the people who are in charge, the strong ones, have it's been decided by Allah. It's like, you know, the kings of France and before, and before the revolution. They were the kings of France because God made them kings, not because the people had decided. So that's a completely different ideology from our one, which is democracy. Power is given uh, to the to the leaders by the people and not by God. Eventually, uh, the leader are going to believe in this God or that God. That's a different story. But the people give power to their leaders. In their religion, in their culture, the power is given to their leaders by God and by Allah and not yes. by the, the people. Well, uh, that's, me... that's very different. Because when they arrive in America, when they arrive in France, in Europe, that I escaped from, uh, when they arrive to all those countries, they think that, first of all, as Muslims, they are the chosen people. And people, and each time a Muslim put his foot on the land, the land has to become Muslim. Yeah. And people around this Muslim land must live as Dimmi. A Dimmi is a second-rate citizen with a lot to survive in Islam as long as he pay a tax, pays a tax called Ajizia. And uh, and as long as he doesn't do anything against other Muslims, he cannot, for instance, own a horse, because if he owns a horse, he will be higher than a Muslim. So when he goes in the streets, it was not acceptable. He cannot walk on the right side of a Muslim, because every Muslim is surrounded by two angels, the angel of good on his right, the angel of, of, of evil on his left. So if you, you walk on the right side of a Muslim, you're going to destroy his, his good angel, etc., etc., etc. And all this is codified within Islam. So when they arrive in a country, a socialist country like France, and they receive all those all this money for doing nothing, because they make kids, because they, they don't even have a job, it's okay. They just arrive in France, they're gonna pay for the retirement of all the people in the future. But they arrive and they get the free money from the government. And everybody is saying, Wow, why are we doing that? And I saw their concern, they think, well it's uh, the Jizia. It's a, it's a tax. This is a Muslim country. They are working here for us. That's a mentality that they have. Not all of them. You also have a very, a lot of good intellectual people among Muslims. You have a good tradition, a Sufi tradition, for instance, which is very good. I'm talking in general. You know, it's very, very hard to describe a whole culture when a culture is made from so different things. And I don't want to say they are all like this, but unfortunately, Enough of them are like that yes. to become danger for civilization. Pierre, so this is, I, I, I kind of tell people this all the time, and everyone thinks I'm an asshole, but I grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, when I grew up in Los Angeles, Los Angeles was probably 8% Hispanic or something. And then when I would go across the border when I was a teenager looking for fun, young man, I'd go into Mexico and I would see people selling food on the streets, tacos on the streets, and uh, lots of street merchants you know, selling goods and food. And, you know, and then you go back into San Diego and you saw none of it. And I'd always strike me like, oh, they let you do this stuff. This is what they do over here. But none of it. There was nothing in L.A. You could go into a store and you could shop. You could go into a mall and you could shop. You can go to a restaurant and you can eat. But there was no such thing as carts and food and cooking and whatever. Now, you go down in Los Angeles now and it's ubiquitous. There's foods, there's cards, there's pop-up, there's taco places. It's all, everything's illegal, but it's all Mexicans. Well, because 
Now Los Angeles is 50% Mexican. Does that mean all Mexicans are out on the street? No, no. But it's a cultural thing that they took, that they did, that was part of their culture and part of their country, and they brought it here because there's so many more of them percentage-wise now. Others are police chiefs and work as attorneys, but there's a percentage of this, which is non-avoidable when you import large groups of people from places that have different cultures. They bring their ideals and they bring their cultures, and so you won't be able to avoid it. And what you have to say is, do you like that culture? Do you want people cooking food on the street? Then you go, no. We don't want that. Well, then why don't you do anything about it, mayor of Los Angeles or governor or city council? Because we don't like the way it looks for if we go in there and tell these people they can't whatever. And then my answer is, well, then you're going to get more cooking on the streets. And that's what we have in Los Angeles. That's essentially what you have in Europe with the Muslim yeah, situation there. Definitely. But on the top of that, you know, going back to, let's say, September 11, people do not really understand the main reason of September 11, the World Trade Center. The main reason was, of course, one of the reasons was to defeat America, give uh, humiliate America, uh, change a lot of things within America, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the main reason, if you know the Muslims as I do, is because Islam is divided between uh, moderate Muslims and radical Muslims. Okay, uh, radical Muslims by then they were maybe five to seven percent of the world population of the all of Islam around the, the earth. Seven to se- five to seven percent. But every Muslim deep inside believes that his religion is the only true religion. And one day he will have to conquest the entire world. Islam will be the religion of the planet because it's a, the, it's God's will. It's Allah's will. Okay, but he's not going to do anything about it. He cares for his family. He cares for his job. He goes to the mosque, but he's, uh, you know, he has friends who are not Muslims, etc. But... At a certain moment, Osama bin Laden destroys the World Trade Center and he says to all the Muslims, the time has come. You cannot be, you cannot sit and do uh, idly and do nothing. The time has come for Islam to conquer the world. I just proved it to you. Look what I did to a strong America. You know what happened? From 5 to 7%, a little later, you had 10% of radicalists, of radical Muslims. You had, uh, an, uh, a little later, you had 12%. But... If you have only 10% of Muslims who are radical, we are talking of 1.8 billion people on the planet. So 10% of them being extremists, it means 180 million people. And where are they? In America, in uh, actually in the Congress, you have uh, uh, Ilan Omar and, uh, and Rashid Atlaib who are radical Muslims, even though they hide it pretty well, but this is what they are. And yeah, in, they, in France, they you don't have, do a great job of hiding it. <laughs> But yeah, right? I said they don't do a fantastic job of hiding it, but they they <laughs> they do what they do what everyone on the college campuses does. They yeah, do this yeah, sort of equivalency. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, and, today, I know. They yeah, it, it's it's and, sad. I Pierre, I wish we had more time. I want to give a uh, I want to give your website out, Pierre Rehove. It's r e h o v dot com is where you can go. And I hope you can come back. We have a little more time and there's so many ideas and it's so much to unpack in such a 
short period of time. But I think we all are in the same place, which is mm. sort of somewhere between confused and disgusted. Mm. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Thank you so much for having me in your show tonight. Pierre, I thank mean, you. The- yes, I know. It's later over there. <laughs> thank you so much for, for joining us. I do appreciate it. I'm mean, well, glad all right Ami let me yes. give you a plug Ami's house the podcast mm. and uh, website you go to Ami and I'll spell it out k-o-z-a-k dot com for all mm. events shows sure yeah. the- Instagram I keep people, uh, pretty active on for updates uh, at aj dash comedy and uh, yeah you can find all my stuff there um, Mike Dawson's going to be in Austin at the Vulcan Gas Company that's doing stand-up. That'll be November 29th, so check him out. And then Fargo, I'll be at a theater over there at the Fargo Theater uh, doing stand-up on the 30th. And then there's Nashville, Zanies, and Huntsville, and Vegas, and Rancho Mirage. Just go to mcrow.com for all the live stuff. Until next time, it's Adam for Ami and Pierre and Chris saying mahalo. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744 and give your tickets for all shows at adamcarolla.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.